Hello and welcome to On The Esky. A special edition show because, unfortunately, it's finally happened. Uh, On The Esky has been cocoed. We're in lockdown. Uh, the boys couldn't come around, and so I'm here by, well, I'm in myself in my own house. But I've got the boys with me online, Peps and yep. James Webster, also known as The Monks. How you boys doing? Yeah, not too bad, all things considering. Yeah, can't complain, mate. Um, we've been shut down like Skitler. We're shut down. Skitler, Skitler. <laughs> but, uh, look, it was inevitable. We're only, only uh, three hours down the Hume Highway from uh, from the Australian hotspot, and uh, it's happened. We've gone into lockdown, boys, but uh, that's all right. We can, yeah, thanks to the wonders of technology, we can uh, try and get this podcast rolling uh, via the wonders of the internet. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. So, so what have we got planned? Oh, massive show, as always. Uh, got to kick off. First, with the Olympics, finish up where, what was there, three or four days from our last podcast left of Olympics? Yeah, three, three days. Yeah, a little bit quiet. Yep. And there's the cricket. We've got India, England, first tests um, in the books. And then, of course, the dreadful Australians taking on Bangladesh. Then there's NRL, AFL news, NBA and NFL as well, and a few other things in between. But we'll get to that in a minute. Well, let's start with the Olympics. Let's finish that off. What do you boys think? Actually, we shouting a, shout a beer or are we fucking that off? Yeah, we might as well shout a beer, um, considering we're in, in lockdown. <laughs> we better tackle that. Monks, do you want to go first? Who are you yep. shouting? Yeah, I'll go first. So I guess we're all drinking, sadly, to COVID. Um, on other sad news, Messi, I'm going to shout, um, shout, shout a beer to him this week. Um, no, longer we've, um, no longer at Barcelona, uh, obviously, because of all the... F- I guess, financial troubles that they're going on around there. Um, they've not been able to keep him. So he, he went into free agency early July. Um, weren't able to sign a new contract. He was willing to play for free. Um, there was some rumours that were floating around, but they could only go as low as 50% of last year's wage, which um, was still not enough, so they had to release him. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later and the deal that's gone through um, over at PSG. But yeah, this week, uh, Messi, um, a little bit of sad news, I suppose, a little bit of good news. Um, so have a beer uh, to looking ahead. I suppose it depends who you are. I'm sure there's a lot of people that fucking can't stand Barcelona that's, that's, that's cheering. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do agree. I'm a big fan of um, of Leo Messi. Um, mm. You know, him and Ronaldo, you can have the goat, the goat argument with them too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm pretty privileged to, uh, to have, you know, been alive and, and young uh, to watch them, um, you yeah. know, do their thing uh, over the last 15 years. So, so it's going to be interesting with um, with PSG, PSG picking him up. Um, they're looking mm. like they're, you know, they're really trying to get that Champions League one uh, for the first time uh, in the next season or two. Yeah, that's definitely what they're chasing at this point. So. It'll be able, interesting to see how they go with that stack team. I think you're getting paid well in the vicinity of like 35 million pounds or some shit like that, or euros, depending on, on which exchange <laughs> they want to use. Uh, but a That's lot it. of dollars. Uh, for yeah. It's crazy how Barca couldn't pay for him, but PSG can pay for him and Neymar and all the other guys they've got going around as well. It's. I think they're very much in debt It was the problem. They had too much money to pay back um, than they could expend at this point. Anyway. That is true. That is true. Who have you got this week, Peps? Anyways, I'll... Um... I'll shout my beer. Uh, I am going to shout 
uh, I'll share. I'll shout Mark Murphy, uh, Carlton uh, ex-skipper. Uh, he's going to play his 300th game this weekend against Port Adelaide, um, and then he's going to call it a day. Uh, they were saying uh, mm. no one's ever finished on 298 or 299 in the AFL. So you you gotta you gotta just get to that 300, and he's yeah. done it. I think there's only six, he'll become the sixth Carlton player to reach that milestone. Uh, Cade Simpson uh, famously doing it last year, and then before that uh, you got to go uh, uh, back to the sauce, back to Steve Silvani. Um, so yeah, massive achievement uh, in in a club that's you know over 100 years old. Uh, to be one of six guys to have played 300 there, uh, pretty incredible. Mark, enjoy your beer, uh, courtesy of the Pep, and enjoy your retirement. That leaves me, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, and all the Indian fans will hate me for it. Uh, Naraj Copra, is that how you say it? Chopra. Chopra? There you go. Mark and I were debating <laughs> before where was Cop or Chopra, and he went with Cop. So there you, go. you should have asked me. <laughs> so Kerr would have been an Italian sound with CH oh. there. You'd you'd be right if he was Italian, but I believe that's Chopra. In <laughs> yeah. big shout out to him uh, for winning a gold medal for the Indian team, and I think the first uh, gold medal in athletics as well for India. Uh, yep. So. He did me a huge solid and got India into the top 50 for <laughs> the country, uh, well, in for that country in the Olympics. Um, so well, hey, he, you should be shouting him at Case. Forget about <laughs> Wambi. <laughs> Rocking rock them up up the medal tally. <laughs> hey, yeah. top 50, baby, and we got it done. Yeah, into a strong 47th position. Well, well done. They're our <laughs> cricket dads at the moment, but tell you what, Indian listeners. We are your dad at Olympics. You can call <laughs> you can call us by our surnames. <laughs> it doesn't matter by how much we got there in the end. So, uh, speaking of Olympics, Peps, how did the Australians finish up? Mate, we finished up with uh, seventeen gold, seven silver, and twenty-two bronze, forty-six total medals. That's uh, the uh, the tied uh, most gold by an Australian team since Athens two thousand four, and the third most uh, total medals behind Athens and Sydney. Uh, pretty resurgent showing, really, uh, considering London and Rio, we had eight golds uh, each each of those Olympics, so, so doubled that. Um, there hasn't been a – there wasn't a heap of action uh, for Australia in the back end, uh, so we'll just run through this quickly. Um, obviously, with the with the swimming finished in, in week one, you know, and then there's a few sailing and other miscellaneous medals coming through. Uh, before the last set, we didn't actually win win a gold since our last set, but a, but a few little medals. Yeah, we went close. Well, I was really hopeful in the last event the, to get our 18th medal, the the women's high jump, and we went pretty close, got silver, and it was a very competitive final, but couldn't get there in the end. But anyway, can't sneeze a silver medal in the, the women's high jump either. No, God no. That was uh, Nicola McDermott, and then uh, Kelsey Lee Barber the night before she she got the bronze in the javelin. So. The girls doing big things in uh, in the field. Uh, obviously, track and field not uh, Australia's strong point. Um, and, and between between uh, those two girls in uh, a reasonable showing uh, from from the Aussies. Uh, the, the other two uh, people of note were uh, well three actually, but two, but two medals. Harry Garside in the boxing. He he won the bronze medal uh, in the lightweight. Um, he's he's a plumber by trade. He's he's ballet trained, uh, and he and he won a few hearts uh, over there in Tokyo. That's for sure. 
You know, it's our first boxing medal since 1988. Yeah. That well, doesn't, I think we've had well, yeah. multiple, multiple like, heavy favourites. And, of course... Well, Jeff Horn, I think, was uh, was at the Olympics as, as an amateur. Um, it, yeah, it's it's something that we've we kind of actually don't have a great record with at the Olympics. I think that was that was our thick, sixth medal uh, ever in in boxing. Well, I think Hooney was a big favourite on Empire USA's in Cuba's. Uh, they're like forty or fifty gold golds apiece. Yeah, just dominate the sport. Um, big big time. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and then uh, you oh, go. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was just going to mention it's crazy how you've got all these top-performing athletes and their day jobs, plumbing or they're a tradie or office worker. And, yeah, it's been in the news lately about the sponsorship and all that sort of stuff for a lot of, a lot of the athletes and they had to do it off their own backs. But, um, yeah, it's great to see all the athletes compete. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the, the athlete pay. I was reading about uh, the Brits actually – uh, they pay each one of their athletes. It's not much, but I think anyone that makes the Olympics, it comes out of some sort of Olympic funding that they've got, and I think they get mm. paid like thirty-five thousand um, pounds for for the uh, for the Olympics. So that's um, that's actually a, a lot more um, than than uh, our gold medalists get. So an Australian yeah. gold medalist gets twenty grand from the government. Um, so you know, once you convert convert the 35,000 pounds back there, um, you know, just, just for making the Olympics, the POMs actually look after their athletes a little bit better than we do. And uh, yeah. look, you know, it's hard, I guess, you know, we're not, we're not in politics um, and there's a good reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I, I do, I do feel like, you know, all, all the joy that these athletes have brought us and, and, and the nation, over the over the last few weeks, uh, you'd think uh, maybe the government could could kind of chip in a little bit more, trying to um, support them a bit. You can see a few of um of the the uh, the runners in the athletics, you know, just trying to plug themselves pretty much after their races, saying you know get around my Instagram. Uh, one of the one of the yeah. girls was uh, she's a checkout chick up in up in uh, up in Queensland, and that you know get bugger all to to make the Olympics and. In the, you know the IOC, I think made fifteen billion dollars out of um out of this Olympics with with no with no crowds. So you know you, you kind of start to think, oh well, surely a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of the cream from the pie could get shared around a bit. Yeah, and you'd think hopefully leading into Brisbane that there probably mm. be a bit more incentives to get more of those young athletes now involved in the various sports so they can get prepared for it and. Um, Hopefully, win more golds at home. That's usually with the trend that happens across getting ready for the Olympics, especially yeah. as a nation. For sure, for sure. Uh, the other, the other um, medal winners uh, since our since our last pod, the girls, uh, Mary Faye Atacho de Sola, shouted her out actually in the in the uh, ten ten f- fittest chicks of uh, of the Olympics, and uh, and her partner Talika Clancy, uh, they got the silver medal the in, in the beach volleyball. Did what was that, Sean? Did you do your list of boys? No, I said we had to get uh, people in the comments to to get at us, and there has to be the demand where there is supply, there is demand. Uh, so plenty of people must have been commenting on YouTube about toilet paper today because it was going like it was going like hotcakes here in Canberra. 
um, but not not much demand for Pepsi's top ten of uh, list of males at the Olympics. So have to wait uh, until until Paris 2024, and uh, I might be able to uh, compile a list <laughs> list for the listeners then. That's it. Lucky it's only three years away, not four. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll really have to get to work in the next three years on uh, the the best the best ten rigs competing at uh, at Paris. <laughs> so, did we mention bombers? Uh, not bombers, boomers. Was there any that you actually got around, or was was there a few that you thought were a bit hairy gum? Yes. Well, of the the new favourites sports, I think uh, the skateboarding. That was kind of one of the things that I really enjoyed, uh, especially because we medaled in it. That that helps. Gold, <laughs> gold, and a, and a bronze, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that for me was probably one. Uh, so seeing some more of the surfing, I think as well. They they mm. probably the two big ones. Uh, just gotta get the cricket knocked on. That's the next one. Well, it's funny that you mention it. The ICC is pushing to have uh, cricket at LA 2028. Uh, I would have thought they would have been pushing for for Brisbane, considering it's in in Australia. We'll have the grounds, you know, the support, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, uh, it'd be massive if uh, if cricket got the nod at the Olympics. You'd imagine T20 would be the format they'd go. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if they just had like one stadium and did the entire tournament at that. They just played it day in and day out. That uh, probably some converted baseball stadium to get it done. Yeah, well, it's all speculation at the moment. Um, I, I highly doubt we'll see it in Los Angeles, but yeah, maybe maybe at, at twenty thirty two in Brisbane, um, they'll they'll have the Gabba, and you could you know maybe spread spread out a few games. Uh, the, there's no reason why you couldn't have some some in down in Sydney or Melbourne, and and then um, have the, have the final up in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. What about you, boys? Favorite new sports? I really like the speed climbing. I, I thought I thought that was that was a bit of uh, a bit of fun to watch. I was a little bit skeptical when they announced it, um, but then then watching it and and just you know it's like it's like a lot of Olympic sports. You're probably not going to watch it again for, for until it's at the Olympics again, but you can appreciate the the uh, the skill and and the and the strength that goes into these athletes. That it's a weird kind of strength in in climbing. It's all all in the fingers and uh, and in the forearms and and some of the stuff that they do was just unbelievable. So I, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, and I do quite. I think the format's quite interesting as well. Like it's a kind of like the weightlifting where it's a tiered. You got to go through multiple stages and you get points across the the lot and that kind of defines who wins it. So yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it's all it's all combined. So they had the the bouldering and then the speed and then the. Uh, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, you kind of had to be good across all three, and if you were really weak in one, then then it hurt. Yeah, so uh, yeah, good good to see that. And yeah, there's plenty of plenty of uh, you know amateur rock climbers around the world that are uh, that will be uh, be pretty pumped that that's an Olympic sport. Then. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, no, um. Yeah, no, no. I, it was good to see the return of baseball, softball. Um, but yeah, probably same as you. I like the surfing and skateboarding um, elements sort of come into a little bit of that X game sort of factor. Um, BMX Olympics. was also another, another one. Kind of. BMX was sick, actually. Yeah. 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 True. 
True. So, yeah, it was cool to see that. Um, sort of bringing, I guess, your new age sort of sports um, coming through. Yeah, that was good. We can all agree, and we spoke about it last pod, that three-on-three basketball is, uh, is, <laughs> is the INOC taking the absolute piss. Yes. <laughs> Do you know who won the medal in that? Oh, some weird countries, man. It was some weird. I don't. Monks, yeah. I don't know if, if you're able to, to be the research man tonight, um, to considering you're probably on your laptop already. But um, I, I, I couldn't tell you, but I, I was having a look at, at like the, the finals bracket, and there was just like I think uh, Latvia and Belgium and uh, you know some some smaller European nations going no, at it. I, I don't think Booker and Durant like backed up and tried to get two medals. <laughs> <laughs> they do it in the tennis. There's people. You know, there's people that'll that'll go for the singles and the like. You know, Ash Barty. Uh, in the swimming and the athletics, like you. That's you're, right. You're, they they all back up. Well, there's one for you. You <laughs> three. If you could send an American three on three basketball team, no reserves, yeah. three blokes, you'd you'd be able to make three. a good team. Yeah, you'd get it one big, one shooter. One 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 big, one shooter, one medium. Yeah. So yeah. if everyone's available, that's uh. You'd probably go Steph, LeBron, yep. KD. Yeah, probably. Or if you want someone bigger, like, you know, oh, and beats probably Cameroon or Nigeria, actually. Cameroon. Oh, maybe, yeah. Anthony Davis, I suppose you could go. But I, I like that three. I, I reckon the place in the big man in three-on-three three basketball is not as uh, prominent <laughs> as five-on-five basketball. Expert, of course, on three-on-three. Three. True, true, true. So... <laughs> In the men's, um, Latvia won the gold. Then yeah, uh, was... the rock, rock won silver. Serbia came third. Can you smell what the rock <laughs> is cooking? In the women's, US did win gold. Um, rock came yeah. second, got silver, and then China got the bronze. So, yeah. What was your favourite uh, month? Sorry, yeah, I was going to say maybe uh, it would be good if if players could, um, you know, play three on three and five on five because when Ben Simmons and Liz Cambridge bail on our teams, they really <laughs> fuck the team up because there's only two other people there. So favourite moments then, boys. What was your favourite moments of the Olympics? Once you got one? Um... Put you on the spot here. Yeah. No. Um, uh, uh, Jessica Fox. Uh, obviously, cut out or you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The internet froze. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jess Fox obviously winning that gold, getting the, um, yeah. yeah, finally getting all three medals uh, was pretty cool Cool to watch. Um, also just watching like the ending of some of those real endurance sports, like yeah. um, the road race, um, the cycling, uh, some of the long distance running, just, the intensity in that last sprint towards the finish line, like you just can't can't beat that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. love it. Yeah, um, you boys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go outside of uh, outside of Australia. I, I I did love Jess Fox getting that that gold, um, uh, especially after you know she won a bronze medal in the in the um, kayak yeah. two days before but you did feel like it that was you know not what she was gunning for and and possibly an underachievement um 
but but I'm going to go outside of Australia and, and back to the ancestors and uh, and go with the with the Italian four by one hundred meter relay team. Um, I, I punted on them. They they were paying four dollars fifty with uh, with no America in the final there, and uh, it was probably the best thirty eight seconds of my life. I'm, I'm, and that's not an exaggeration. Sorry to Sarah if you're listening. We did get married earlier in the year, but uh, um, just just watching. Just watching the the last leg there, uh, they on the on the turn. I don't know if you boys caught this, but I've, I've quite a few steps behind uh, Great Britain and Filippo uh, Tortu uh, was running the the last leg, and uh, and he won by one one hundredth of a second. Um, so so that for mine, never would have thought in my lifetime. Uh, or anyone's, to be honest, that Italy would win the men's 100-metre final and the men's 4x100-metre final at the Olympics. And also getting the high yeah, jump, true. too. So. High jump, two. They won two in the walk. They they uh, The Italians got five gold, zero silver, zero bronze, so pretty good track and field meet for them. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. I was going to say, Sarah's probably used to 38 seconds. So, Mugs... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the best 38 seconds because everything else is under 30. <laughs> uh, uh, so I think I'm left then. So my yeah. favourite moment, again, I'll take the athletics. Uh, Jamaicans go on one, two, three in the women's uh, 100. That was pretty impressive. Like for, for a race, um, when you, you know, through the heats and how they got to that, all from the same country who's going to win it. They were running really well to get to that point. Like, yeah, that was for me. That was one of the moments where you, to to get all three medals in an event. That's pretty bloody impressive for one country. And Elaine Thompson, hurrah! Uh, I think the first woman ever to win the hundred, two hundred double at back to back Olympics. And they they shitted in in the in the women's four by hundred as well. They actually one of the changeovers was really slow. Uh, and you thought, oh, geez, are they going to drop it? Oh, no, they've fucked it. And they were just too good. It, it didn't even matter about having a shitty changeover. They just they just cruised to victory there. Yep. Yeah, yep. Dumb. absolutely crazy. Well, that's Olympics for the, for now. Three years, not yeah, four. Three years, yeah. Yep. Um, we'll, see, we'll talk about that all again when we get to Paris. Bring on Paris. Looking forward to seeing uh, Rowan Browning and uh, Ash Maloney as well, uh, the, the decathlete, they uh, they should be right in their prime uh, by then. And, and of course, our swimmers, um, you know, watch Emma McCann uh, really cement her place as the GOAT Australian uh, Olympic athlete. Yes. I suppose we should also mention that Paralympics is, is about to kick off and then we do yep. have the Winter Olympics coming up in not too distant future as well. So. Three or six. Beijing. Yeah. It'll be February. Um, so, yeah, what have we got? Six months. Six months, yeah. Yeah, that's it, sir. So. Yes, yeah, still First city ever, ever to have a summer and winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, right. Learn something new. Uh, well, for- <laughs> <laughs> Enough Olympics. Let's talk some cricket. Um, we'll kick off with England versus uh, India in the first match. I've just checked as well. This match did end up being drawn because of shit weather in England and it raining. Guess what's happening for the checkup? And guess what's oh, happening? Is it raining? Is it shock me? 
Yes, it's raining. The start of the second test, which was meant to be at 8 o'clock today, has been delayed because of rain. <laughs> oh, let's send all these people down to that big nation down in the south. It'll be horrible for them. You know, they'll live down there. It's always <laughs> sunny and hot. They'll be terrible at sport. Let's send them down there, isn't it? Did us a huge favour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much to our to our English ancestors. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think being locked down here is better than living on that shitty little island. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> the weather's not nice, rain's huh? not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for it rain, doesn't rain inside. <laughs> <laughs> if it rains three hundred days a year, then yeah, it's probably not going to rain. Probably get uh, okay. anyway. Yeah. It's a shame. And like we were really looking forward to seeing a, a you know two elite test nations duke it out over there, and it's been spoiled by some pretty shitty English weather. And hopefully the whole series doesn't come down to which days it rains. Um, India were really on top. Um, let's be honest. Um, and as we highlighted, as we highlighted last episode, the English top order is is horrendous. It's horrendous. Well, in that so, second innings, Burns was 18, Sibley was 28, Crawley was six, and then the man that's carrying the entire team at the moment, Joe Root, comes out and gets 100. Um, no one else. Uh, one other person got over 32. Well, got 32. Got yeah. 30. Everyone else was well, up. Well, Root, Root scored over a third of their runs in, in both innings. Yep. Um, mm. I think they, they call him Joe Root because after carrying England for so long, he's fucking rooted. Um, it's and we like there's a bunch of us idiots sitting down here doing a podcast from our fucking bedrooms, and we were highlighting um, the fact that this English top order is very vulnerable, and and it's come to fruition in this test. At least, um, at least the rain did save them, and they're going to get out of there without without copping the L. But um. Yeah, dire times, I think, to, to be an English fan, as it is to be an Australian fan. We'll get to that in a sec. Yeah, well, Boomerah finished up the best of the bowlers. He got five wickets. Dadeja yep. um, only bowled 13 in that second inning, so he bowled 16, I think, in total. For the entire... Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that's 10 more than he bowled in the first inning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he had a bit of an easy one for himself. Um uh, for, hold on, I'm just trying to see that. Second India innings. Yeah, Rahul got out early and then Sharma and Pujara are both in there on low low scores. Um, we're on track. They had to get 209 and they had 52 for one on track with, I think, a day left, but too much rain. They were robbed, mate. They were robbed. Yeah. So definitely on top on the series. And the, we think they're the better team, um, but hard to say what they're going to do going from here. Here on. If it rains all day today, um, let me see if I can get some thoughts on a. Uh, yeah, see if you can get a weather forecast. Yes, yeah, I'm uh, just reading some commentary. It's saying it's drizzled again. They did flip the course, so it's not a huge amount of rain. But as you know, in England, it just drizzles on and yeah, on, hang, on and on. Hang on, mate. I'll save you that search. Um, I'll give you the next hundred years. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty there much. you go. You won't have to check the app anymore. So, without any actual cricket news and um, you know, the, in and the very poor ending to how that match uh, finished up, the first test, uh, we yeah. might then move on to 
uh, the terrible Australians taking on Bangladesh in Bangladesh? Look, there's two ways you can look at this. One, congratulations, Bangladesh, uh, Minnow Nation, good for the growth of the game, knocked off Australia 4-1 at home, bowled them out for 60 in one game, um, congrats. Or what the fuck is going on with Australian T20 cricket? Oh, big time. I think, yeah, and yeah. not everyone may probably aware that this won't be the T20 World Cup team. There's a there's a yeah, large, large section of Australians playing in this team that won't play in that. Um, of course, Mitch Marsh, the, li- the likes of the likes of Cummins, Smith, Warner, Maxwell, Stoinis coming into a side, you'd imagine changes things immensely. However, and we've alluded to it before on the podcast, England and India don't have these depth problems, whereas we do. Mitch Marsh in this series scored uh, not this is just for just for designated batsman not named Mish Mark 92 runs yep in five games just about every batsman not named Mitch Marsh averaged under 10 um shocking out well, we we talk about England's top order in uh in the test matches our, our whole batting lineup outside of Mitch Marsh in this in this series and the series against the West Indies were dreadful. Oh, big time! And yeah. uh, and we've talked about hey, we wanted the guys to probably stand up and say, "Put me as part of that T20 squad going into that World Cup." Um, only one bloke has done that, and that's uh, Marsh. So um, a bit concerning that hey, we've probably got no one else coming through that's going to support that squad. We've got their yeah, and, and it's a shame because it's guys that we had big raps on, your Philippines, your McDermott's, your Alex Carey, you know, guys that we've seen perform really well in the big bash. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them have had sort of seven to ten games here to try and prove themselves uh, here for, for the T20 World Cup and just come up with donuts. Has that come through, boys? Yeah, just delayed a little bit. It's all good. Um, yes, as as you were saying, big donut for us. Um, not real great uh, preparation. We two two nations we would have wanted to have won and beat handily, build some confidence, go into the World Cup. Uh, hopefully not. Yeah. I don't want to say we're the fourth or fifth best team. We you know kind of put a put our names in the conversation there with the other big nations. Uh, coming into that tournament, we really haven't done that. So very worried for us coming into that. Hopefully some of these guys will go across and play in the IPL. Um, that's re-kicking off in the not-too-distant future too and maybe get some match form uh, leading into that World Cup because uh, otherwise we're in trouble. We're not getting out of the group stage at this point. Yeah, we don't get out of that group. I don't think – I really don't think. Uh, All right, boys. I think – Play has resumed England and India. I think it's just started back up again. So when we say resume started. 
First ball, you know, every ball. That's right, yeah. First ball, yeah. So finishing well, up. Well, that's good. They're only, what, half an hour behind. So that's promising. Yeah. But no, England will get half an hour of play and then they'll be covers. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the one that lasts. Yeah, to finish up that Australia-Bangladesh um, conversation, um, Langer and I think one of the Cricket Australia guys, there's a big report that came out today. They were getting stuck into a, a staffer of Cricket Australia for posting a video that had Bangladesh celebrating in it, um, supposedly some heated argument. Um, I think someone threw up in our, in our comments that Langer across all three formats has a record of something like 55 wins, 52 losses, um, so just hovering above 500. Um, so, yeah, whether there's some frustration there and how long is Langer going to be coach? I think we talked about this in the past about – um, uh, about the captain, uh, whether Tim Payne would uh, last as a strain captain. I think he will through the Ashes. Depending on how we do in the Ashes, probably <laughs> will be the decision on his career um, and probably the same for Justin. Hopefully it's not a whitewash. Yeah. Hopefully it's a whitewash. No, no, of course, in this, well, in this white ball cricket, Tim Payne's got nothing to do with it. But it, it is interesting, the ha- sort of the rapid hate on Justin Langer um, we we speak about it in in some of the other sports that we we like to follow. Um, for me as a Carlton fan, not really getting my head around the David T uh, pressure. Football, Aussie rules football, a coach can can have a little bit of a say in in something like rugby league or NFL. The coach is really really important. I tell you a sport where the coach really does fuck all cricket. <laughs> like, like seriously, um, I don't, I don't get all this Justin Langer hype. Um, it, well, you know, for his head with the way that we approach any cricket as a nation, I don't think that all comes down to Justin Langer. Even talking to some of my mates this week, they're kind of like, oh, it's a T20 series in Bangladesh. Who gives a fuck? Like we've got the Ashes to worry about. That that seems to be. Uh, a bit of the general consensus. Uh, but, I'll, you know, my retort to that would be, do you think England and India would, would you know, treat a, a series against a, a minnow nation, even if it is 320 so lightly? No. Maybe, maybe if they hadn't won anything recently like we have. So <laughs> if they were looking to build some confidence and win some games, uh, then then I think they would probably be concerned. Where they are at the moment where they're winning... Uh, India yeah. and England. In- England's the defending World Cup champions in ODI ODI cricket, and India has been consistently one of the one of the best teams in the world getting around. I, I just I think we are falling a, a little bit behind those top tier nations, and I think a, a, and a lot of our opponents are starting to realise that that we're not the dreaded team of the late nineties and and two thousands that we used to be, and we were spoiled growing up for sure, but that said, I wouldn't have expected us to go to Bangladesh, even with, you know, an undermanned side and get done 4-1 and, and not being able to post a good score in, in a five-game series in Bangladesh. I, I didn't think that we'd be experiencing that uh, so soon. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Enough cricket? I think that's mostly yep. news for this week. Yeah. Uh, let's run through some of the local sports. Um Kicking off, of course, with the NRL. Um, and he seems to be a bit of a favourite on the ESCII. We'll talk about Will <laughs> Chambers. Um, Occasionally coming up in the news. Yeah. 
dropped, of course, this week, so he's not playing this week. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he did get under the skin of the Warriors a little bit, and three blokes uh, ended up getting suspended. Um, he did get, he did cop a few jabs, though, Will Chambers. Not nothing real. Oh, nothing oh, to talk about. It hardly got him. Yeah, hardly got him. Nothing to talk about, but that bloke got mm-hmm. suspended. So. Um, yeah, Kane, Kane Evans gets suspended. That I'll, I'll tell you what, for a big bopper, a scary looking motherfucker. I was expecting him to throw, throw him a little bit better than that. They <laughs> two, two little left jabs, and they they pretty much just grazed him, and he was having a laugh. Um, yeah, so he, he got he, he got sent to the bin twice. Matt Lodge cop two weeks. I think um, Chambers was was saying some stuff about the Lodge's wife, uh, some family, a lot of family. Uh, implications here. Boys, sledging is part of rugby league. It's a part of contact sport. It's a part of sport. The question I wanted to pose to you was, where do you draw the line? Well, I'd say family. Yeah, family. I think the classic example for us was probably Glenn McGrath um, back in the day where going after his missus, of course, having um, breast cancer. Who was sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he was like, hey, that's definitely across the line. Like family and people are not involved in this, like in the actual sport, in, the, in the sporting arena. Like, yeah, go after the coach, go after the club, go after the players. But outside of go that. Go after the players. If I'm, you know, playing reserve grade footy here here in Canberra and someone wants to say, go get a kick, you haven't touched it today or, you, you know, Kick it with your nose; it'll go further than you than it will off your boot. You know, <laughs> fair enough. Play on; that's great. But if if someone and and I'm I'm the same. I'll I'll harp on someone's appearance or the way that they play the game, or mm. you know, or their, their skill or ability level. That's fine. But I think people's families and and when you and especially when you if you're going after you know wives, you know women. Or, or children, that's a no-no. That's a, that's a big no-no. So, Will's, you know, he's been dropped. Uh, Buzz Rothfield was was pretty um, adamant uh, that he, he won't be playing any more Cronulla Sharks games this week. You take what Buzz has to say with a grain of salt. But um, and, the, and the other thing here with, with Will Chambers, when we highlighted it last week, if you want to do some talking, let your play do the talking. Yep. His... His games last week, 17 tackles, six missed. So he's missing one in three tackles. Um, he had 24 run metres, 24 for the whole game. Not one carry, not, not a Tommy Turbo one carry, 24 metres. The whole game he had 24 metres. He had an error and he had the missed tackle on Ewan Aitken, which led to the Warriors winning that game. For mine, if you're going to run your mouth like that, you've got to let some of your play talk as well and and will's not been able to do that and he'll be riding the pine and i i think you know you won't hear this too much out of my mouth but i agree with buzz i think that will has played his last nrl game yeah yeah i can agree yeah like you say you got to have game to back up the smack top if you don't have game then there's no point yeah exactly what are you achieving yeah Speaking of games, uh, the round 21, last round, a uh, bit of closer games. Uh, South's the only team to score 40. Everyone else was less. Um, every losing team scored at least uh, two moot pies, getting two tries. Uh, so that was good to see, a bit more of a competitive round. was also probably one of the first rounds in a long time where we had 
um, well, the top four teams matched up against each other. Um, and then there was some good competition in there and that for that uh, eighth spot, eighth and seventh spot trying to find there. So uh, some actual decent footy for a change. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed that Melbourne game and the Roosters-Penrith game. Um, there was one thing out of the notes there you forgot to mention, Sean. Eight out of eight for yourself in the in the tipping. Well done. Yep, perfect round. Uh, it's a bit easier in the NRL, so it's all good. <laughs> much, much compared compared to the AFL. We'll get to our tips in a sec for that. It was a it was a fucking under, underdogs galore in in the Aussie rules. Uh, what's the go with with Peter Sterling? He's uh, he's called uh, call it a day at Channel Nine. Twenty seven years he's been there. Retiring, um, and it could be Channel Nine looking like they may uh, redo the entire roster because I think Rabs Rabs is probably getting close to retirement anyway. But Wally Lewis and Aaron Mullen also off contract and looking like they probably won't get renewed. Um, but Sterling's the big one. He's definitely said, "I'm retiring. I'm done. I can't commit to the constant travelling and that will be involved with the the commentary work." Um, so he's focusing mostly on radio, I believe, and going to do radio. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. you'll still be able to hear Stolo. Um, you just won't be on your television screens or doing any of the telecasts for the NRL going forward. Uh, big loss, uh, but it also sounds like a bit of a change in the guard. I wouldn't expect Musk as much Gus next year too, taking up his role with um, Channel 9. So there's chat. Oh, um, no. Less Gus. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the chat that could be rolling in some of those young blokes, and you've seen some of those, um, Justin Thurston, Billy Slater. Um, you know, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, not to name some uh, future Queensland Immortals um, throughout here. Uh, but getting some of horrible as well. There's not <laughs> going to be a, a, a nice, balanced, uh, nuanced approach to any New South Wales game. Well, you've, you've still got Fittler and Andrew Johns on the other side. They'll still be around. So I, I think it'll, yeah. be, it'll, be the, it'll be them versus the eighth Immortal. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I think they're kind of trying to get in that next generation. So you've got the 2000s to the 2010s guys already there. So now we get the 2010 to 2020 or kind of that overlap over the 220 decades there um, of the next superstars coming through into our game. Pro, also some chat, maybe Matty Johns um, goes back and joins Channel 9 and they bring in some more of the um, his uh, audience entourage. crew, entourage. Um, Fletch, and, Fletch and Hindy hanging on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, oh, but also, you know, you've seen how well that show does. has got that kind of money. I think the Matty Johns Sunday night show and the Thursday night show, I think that's one of the staples of, of Fox at the moment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if they could lure him across. But to be honest, I, I think that's more noise than news at the moment. I don't, I don't think Matthew will be going anywhere. Uh, is, he, is he still on radio as well? Does he do a show with uh, Mark Guy? They used to. I don't think, from what I know, I don't think he does radio anymore. Yeah, I think. So he used to do, the. it used to be Breakfast Radio, the grill team up in Sydney. that's right. uh, And relinquished that role, I believe, at the end of 2019. Um, He pops in occasionally. Yeah, he probably probably swings by, but I don't think it's a daily thing. Obviously, us Canberrans, um, you know, we just get to listen to Scotty and Nige on the way to work. <laughs> Brilliant listening to that. I think it's probably, a couple of years, but anyway. It's, I, I, I say this in all seriousness. I think our podcast is better than them. 
<laughs> and I won't say that really nearly. I'm a, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. I know where we're at. I know where we're at. I'm going to put. I'm going to say it. We're, we're better than Scotty and I, or whoever the fuck they they do these, these <laughs> days on commercial radio anymore. Well, we'll say this: less pop, uh, more sports. Definitely on the podcast. So there we go. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, no, I was, I was going to do a fat joke then, but I don't think it's appropriate. Let's <laughs> let's move. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, the next kind of news is player deals and player movement. Uh, Angus mm. Clark's back in the news. Uh, sounds like Rugby Australia are chasing him, uh, trying to get him over to the rugby game. Um, well, well, famously grew up playing rugby union and, and was lured across to playing league. Uh, just caught three weeks for uh, for nothing. I, I I reckon they're not much in that crusher tackle. What what are you hearing here uh, regarding Angus Crichton? Who wants to throw money at him? Have you got have you got a club? Is it the Waratahs? Is it somewhere else? Someone else? Yeah, no details. I'd say Waratahs probably makes the most sense, um, but no real details on clubs. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if this is like Rugby Australia leaking it to the media. One, uh, let's get rugby into the into the news. Let's pick uh, like a big name player at a big name club. Um, you know, and Angus Crichton playing for New South Wales and playing for the Roosters uh, is definitely t- that kind of target. And, you know, one put feelers out too. Like, is he actually interested? Um, you get some media hype as well around that. They're talking about rugby again for a change, um, considering Australia lost to the, the All Blacks again. Um, and no one knew that game was happening. Or <laughs> Yeah, I did not know. I did not know. And we, we speak about the casual fan. And uh, I tell you what, the casual fan was fucking down the pub slapping the post because uh, I had no idea that that the uh, that the Bledisloe Cup was underway last weekend. Yeah. So mm. uh, I'm not sure where this will go. It wouldn't surprise me if this fizzles out and the Roosters give him a few more Mercedes and Hilux um, to keep him happy. <laughs> that, they yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Speaking of Roosters, uh, um, Joey. Yeah, Joey Manu, Joseph Manu. Sorry, I just remember my notes. Joey Manu, yeah, the Titans and Warriors uh, could be keen in looking at adding them, adding him to their squad, uh, and rumours about a million dollars a year, um, somewhere in that nine hundred to a mil bracket is what they're talking about. Not as a centre though. They're all thinking either six. Full, yeah, six or fullback. Uh, marketing that uh, probably doesn't make sense. As a fullback in either of those clubs, uh, considering the guy AJ Brimson and Reese Walsh, Reece uh, Walsh yep. just there, so it makes more sense. Definitely as a six, because both could do with some extra halves. So a bit of money and a bit of chat for him going on at this stage. I I feel like a million dollars is is overinflated media hype kind of numbers. However, I have harped on this entire season about Joseph Manu being the most underrated centre. In, in the NRL, and uh, from from what I've seen uh, of him playing six and one for the Roosters, he's he's probably not playing his best position playing centres for them. He, he, he is a ball-playing six, I think. Um, and, uh, again, a million dollars is a lot of money, but if one of those clubs was to throw 750, 800 around, uh, I think he'd be pretty mad not to take that. Um one one of the most one of the most underrated players getting around and probably deserves a big contract. So we'll see what happens there. Another man that is asking for a million dollars, uh, reportedly, 
is the king, Clint Gutherson at Parramatta Reels. What do you make of this? It's kind of an interesting story because they only just started negotiations and it sounds like this has actually been linked, leaked by uh, the Eagles to try and drive his price down because um, it's rumoured and they've, they talked to the agent, um, to Gutho's agent, and he said, we haven't even started talking numbers. So this is just mm-hmm. pure speculation the club's put out to kind of, you know, feelers drive it down. Because if you remember last time they did uh, try to negotiate with Gutho, um, again, they tried to drive his numbers down, um, said, you know, his knees are dodgy. We're not sure how long he's going to, what a blah, blah, blah. And he turns around and has been one of the form fullbacks and their captain as well. Like he's leading that squad around. Um, so yeah, I don't know what it is. And the Eels thinking they've, you know, uh, well, they've got a business to run and they're trying to drive down the costs and the prices. So they've obviously come out and leaked this out to the media and said, hey, he's a million dollars. But I don't think it helped their their case that, you know, the day before or during the same day, they were talking about Joey um, going for a million dollars as well, and a player probably you'd say, as you say, underrated and probably a class below what people consider the king to be at. Um, mm. So, uh, <laughs> if you think he's, if you think Joey's worth seven, eight hundred, you'd, you'd probably take um, the king and the Gutho on a mill. Yeah, yeah. Again, the the hype around million dollars, it's that it's that funny number, isn't it? A million dollars, a million dollars. Didn't play, or, you know, do you pay a million dollars for a bloke that, that's not quite origin worthy? Of course you pay your fullbacks well. Um, and and we talk about Joey Manu. I don't think I I don't think Gutho is that much better than, than a Joey Manu, to be honest. Uh, although 800, 900, yeah, you're probably in, in the right ballpark there. Has it been leaked from Parramatta? Who knows? Who knows? The business of sport, it, it becomes more and more apparent every single day. Um, obviously, Eels fans would love would love to keep him around. And he's been a little bit in the news recently about some blow-ups against, against some teammates. Mate, I think that just shows some passion. You can tell that this bloke wants to win. He, he cares. Um, yeah. Well, I, who my, is- my, my personal thought... A million is maybe a touch over for both these guys, Joey Manu and Gutho. But but if if Gutho was to get eight fifty nine hundred and Joey to get seven fifty eight hundred, I, I think I think that's what those blokes are worth. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as you're not Tom Tom Arpajack, um, you're probably safe from Gutho. <laughs> <laughs> you're mate. Where's Dale Copley? <laughs> <laughs> I think he he might even be back playing for Brisbane. Um, I think he was in the squad and then out for a long time. He might actually be back in the squad. Actually, Xavier Coates are definitely back. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that's big. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get, so we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to that. Thanks. Real quick, yeah, real quick before we get into the round. So back to the rugby union because that's what we want to talk about at the moment. Um, it was just a international game, wasn't Bladderslow? Um, and uh, we've actually, yeah, we've actually got the 2021 rugby championship coming up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so that starts on the 14th of August. Yeah, the, uh, runs through weeks, to the first of August. That's two days. Actually, yeah, it is two days. <laughs> <laughs> and that runs through to the start of October. So that's between uh, the Southern Hemisphere uh, teams. So we've got Argentina, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. Um, that's being played between New Zealand and Australia over the next couple of months. So. Do you, know, um, do you know what one of those venues is? Uh, yeah, I've got the rundown here. So we've got... Sean, if you don't, 
guess it's a uh, city that just got shut down. Oh, we do. Canberra GI. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Wallabies are playing here in at the start of October. I know this because I drove past the ground the other day. Is <laughs> <laughs> there any advertising they're doing? That's, I hadn't seen anything. I'm I seeing think... the, the carrier pigeon, the rugby union <laughs> carrier pigeon, was on other duties and it hadn't made it round to my place. And I was driving past there on, on the way to university and and uh, and I saw it on a sign, like on a, yeah. like a billboard. That's how I saw it. I think, yeah, I think I saw it on Facebook from like the ACT government, not even rugby union. So yeah. <laughs> so please go to this. <laughs> Who is running that show? Uh, great question. Um, I actually do play a game uh, over in South Africa as well. Um, not sure if there's going to be one played in uh, Argentina, but I guess we'll find out when we stumble across it in the next couple of weeks again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When the carrier pigeon gets back from the Pacific journey, it's a long way to Argentina to drop off that message, and then he's got to back up. <laughs> he stops along the islands on the way, you'd think. You know, he, he can Meet duck into Fiji, yeah. Duck into um, Hawaii, Easter Island. I think is on the way. You know, have have a rest, go sh- go shit on someone's car, and then um, and then drop off the message. Too <laughs> uh, funny. All right, let's talk about round twenty two in there. Um, it's, it's underway. The uh, the Melbourne Storm should be playing the Canberra Raiders, if I'm not it mistaken. Is. Yes, um, they are, and I did not put my tip in, so I've oh, got you don't on Canberra as well. <laughs> you my team. Like, I learned that the hard way last week, thanks yes. to the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. The uh-huh. Melbourne Storm lead the Canberra Raiders twenty to four at half time. Uh, no surprises there, really. I'm sure the blokes that got their tips in went the Melbourne Storm. Big time. Yeah, big time. <laughs> We were talking in the in the week in the group text, Sean. You said that uh, give give the the trophy to Melbourne already. I thought, look, it's theirs to lose. However, uh, I feel like a, a healthy Manly and a healthy Penrith and a healthy South might be able to push them. You stand by that 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 uh, that comment that, that that it's Melbourne's. It's it's their it's their series. Yeah, and I think because my backup to that was Souths can't defend. Yeah. Um, Manly are a one-man team. So yeah. uh, outside of Turbo, I don't think they've got enough. Maybe a year or two and they can add some pieces and then they'll push. But outside of Turbo, they, they're asking him to do a lot. Penrith was the only one, but like you say, they've got to be healthy. Cleary, mm. I think, has been cleared. Um, so that really helps them. Uh, Matt Burton's been good for them. He'll go back into the centres, I assume. Yeah. Grant, I think, got suspended from memory. So they're the only one. If they can get healthy and the boys can get back to the form they were at the start of the year, um, it, it gets back to the two-horse race. If they can't, these guys struggle and they can't really get their bodies right, then it's Melbourne's to win. I was, I was having a look at our unofficial sponsor, Sports Bet, and, uh, and to win the premiership this year, they had the Melbourne Storm at $2.20. So essentially a coin flip, Melbourne versus the field. Um, I you know what I don't think give him I don't think give him the premiership just yet. But if the final started this weekend, I wouldn't complain. I, I 
I think oh, it's su- it's such a long season. It's 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 so, it sort of drags out a little bit at, towards the end. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of contention for seventh and eighth, but a seventh and eighth going to do anything against a Melbourne or a Manly or a South Sydney? I haven't done all. No, no. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of getting you know I'm we're kind of gotten to the business end here. Do love my rugby league, but also keen for the finals to roll around and we can put ourselves out of our misery. Agree. And if they ever expand the league, I always thought if you add two teams, make it a 20-round season because you make up your games with the new teams and um, more games during the year, but less rounds overall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind that. And, and and the player welfare side of things as well. It's It's one of the most physical sports in the world and – you know, you think the NFL has a has a seven and game season this year, formerly sixteen games, and that these blokes play in twenty four games just in the regular season. Um, yeah, I, I think I think if if they do ever expand, I agree a hundred hundred percent with you, Sean. Maybe they would think about less regular regular season games and and making it more finals uh, focused. Yep. So, anyways, Friday night. Uh, this this will be a blockbuster. The Dragons take on the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the the Dragons are actually they've finally finished the uh, the party at Vaughan uh, suspensions, so they will have a full arsenal at their disposal. Yeah. Uh, they they did lose that crucial game to the Raiders last week. Mm-hmm. They play Penrith uh, tomorrow, and they play the Roosters. They play the Cowboys, and they so best case scenario for the Dragons is that they win that one game against the Cowboys. And since the party at Vaughan's plays, they go one and seven. Yep. Threw the season away. Yeah, threw it. Away. Yeah, threw it away. Threw it away. And look. They they weren't expected to do much this year. It's not as if they've missed out on a golden opportunity, but very frustrating for the fans, uh, that's for sure. Uh, George Burgess, brother of Tom Burgess, uh, they've signed uh, – sorry, uh, he signed a deal for next year, a two-year deal. He will be returning to Australia after winning a, that comp with South. Uh, he's, been pl- he's played a few games for Wigan over the last few years, but not that many. And Cody Ramsey, he is done for the year with some smashed up teeth. Did you guys see the photo? Yeah, I've seen the photo. I didn't actually. I have to check that. Apparently, one. he's never worn a mouth guard ever. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mouth guard. Yeah, that blue <laughs> one. And yeah, they have what a chip tooth, like shattered tooth or fractured completely. Um, they've had him just glued on at the moment, but he needs proper surgery because it's down into like the roots, like it's terrible. Um, uh, and you wonder the the moustache wasn't going to protect him, so why not wear a mouth guard? <laughs> the yeah. the four hair follicles that were coming out from the top of his lip. Still better than what I can do. Monkey's <laughs> <laughs> actually uh, he started in November last year, and this is the the. Finished project. He's been going for eight months. <laughs> I'm getting ready for this year. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, not a... about Cody Ramsey now. That doesn't look great. Uh, mm. 
not a problem. Not a problem at this end of the uh, uh, of the podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Penrith, yeah. on the other hand, they win twenty fourteen over the Chooks in a good game of football. Um, Matt Burton really turned it on at the end there to get him over the line and kind of really putting himself into uh, potentially being a six. Um, well, that's that's why the doggy signed him. Uh, signed him cheap too. Like it'd be worth a lot more now if he was trying yeah. to. Yeah. So some chat that he might get re-upped with a bit of extra coin thrown his way when he goes over the doggies to reflect how well he's been playing. I think they'll have to. I don't. There's been some conjecture into if he could get out of that contract and try and stay at Penrith, considering how well he's played. Um, I'm sure a good way to nip that in the bud from the Canberra Bulldogs would just be paying the man a little bit extra. But he he's legitimately the next big thing. Yeah, I think Gus has said he'd pay him a bit more. So. Uh, I think, Max, you just said clear is in 21. I saw some mail floating around today, though, that he's actually going to get get a, get a run. Um, but whether that's yeah, okay. 14. Yeah, I had heard yeah. that too. Uh, named as 21, but apparently he's pretty close to playing. Here's, here's one for you, um, you know, budding super coaches out there. You've got the uh, the best player in the league outside of Tommy Trebovic, and you're playing a Dragons team, which has been dismal. You're probably going to finish second no matter what. Do you play him this week? If he plays 20 minutes, you never know. He could get three tries. And... <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste the 20 minutes. I'd say, mate, don't worry about that. Uh, they they probably go out and do it easy without you. Rest up that shoulder, and then we've yeah. got some pretty serious football coming up after that. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if they give him 20 minutes, say at the end of the first second half, uh, give him some run and. I'd say they'll be well in front of the Dragons by that point and then say, shut mm. him down. So that, that's good enough. We'll come back next week. Uh, I think we're all picking Penrith and Penrith here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pick Penrith. They are favourites at $1.10 at the moment. St. George are out at $7. Um, if anyone wants to go for the line, 21 and a half. Mm, interesting. What's, uh, what's who Judas is paying? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we just did. Two Judases. That's a that's a dollar and one. So, uh, so yeah, the next match we got Broncos taking on the Roosters. Um, uh, Friday night. That's at SunCorp. Uh, Brisbane are coming off a loss, of course, to Newcastle. Um, twenty eight twenty eight to twenty. Uh, that was covered in our last podcast. Big news out of Brisbane is they've let Brody Croft go. He's off to England. Um, another out of favour halfback that's done nothing for uh, Brisbane and unfortunately going. And as we mentioned before, Roosters were six-point losers to Penrith. Uh, as Pep said, Pep said earlier, Angus Crichton did get three weeks for a very um, soft crusher tackle. Uh, um, but they, they do still have a good roster. I don't think Brisbane win this. Um, I've picked the favourite again. I've gone Roosters. You boys. Yeah, I've gone Roosters as well. Roosters here. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah, they are favourites at twenty. Broncos are out at four fifty. Um, the line, if anyone's interested, is thirteen and a half. Um, this. Do you see Broncos staying at 15, or could they be potential winner spooners again? Uh, I think doggies are spooners. 
Yeah, I think the dogs have probably got it. Uh, I, I would love to see Brisbane go back to back spoons. But Canterbury essentially have to win out from here. They're, they're six points yep. uh, below Brisbane. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, I think Canterbury's got it wrapped up. And, and Brisbane, uh, by the looks, will be fighting it out for that 15th spot or uh, 14th spot with the Cowboys. Yeah. Mm. Next match, South's first Gold Coast. Um, this is at Seabus on Saturday. Uh, of course, we 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 talk about it and we'll talk about the Pretenders in a minute. But South were too good for the Pretenders and Parramatta Eels. Adam Reynolds becomes the South Sydney's highest point scorer, eighteen hundred and fifty points. Um, he takes he overtakes Eric Sims, which was a forty six year old record. Uh, Gold Coast on the flip side, they were too good for the Cowboys, so I don't think have won a game in quite a while. They're, I think they're on like a six or seven uh, match losing streak. I'll let Monks see if he can figure that out when we get to the Cowboys in a minute. But the big news for them during the week was Anthony Don, uh, one of their outside backs, has uh, called it quits. He's retiring at the end of the year and is a one-club man, a bit of a fan favourite, of course, for the Titans. Um, sad to see him go. I have picked Souths for this one because I think Souths will run a whole shitload of points on them because Titans have a problem with defence. Um, both teams have a problem with defence. So whatever the match points in this is, I'll take the overs big time. But I would not surprise me if the Titans come out and win this match uh, with, a, with a bit of the um, Anthony Don uh, uh, mystique and, you know, let's do this one for Anthony. You know, it always happens. The week leading to a massive announcement at the club, it usually jeers the boys up and they go have a big one. Uh, bummer they run in the south, but uh, this might be a bit closer than people think. Uh, a lot of points. Um, I wouldn't surprise me with the 70 in this game. Yep. Yeah, a lot of we had that, Sean. I, I think South Sydney win this game, uh, but yeah, an upset could be on the cards. I've tipped South. I would love to know that total much points, Monks, because I agree it'll probably be an absolute slog fest. Yeah, so I've I've tipped South as well. They are favourites dollar eighteen. Uh, Titans are out at five dollars. Line sixteen and a half. Total match points fifty five. Yeah, all day every day. Mm. So South yeah, have gone. South last three I rounds. Put one on, actually, uh, I did all our tips. Um, the, one of our ones was bet the unders in, in Tasmania and that game got moved to Melbourne and it went overs. And <laughs> and we, we we lost that, or I lost it on that. Um, but had that game been in Tasmania, perhaps the on the Esky multi might have come to fruition. Hmm. What are you saying, Max? Oh, sorry, yeah. So it's South, the last, yeah, every single game in the last five rounds have gone over. 60 points so yeah that 50 60 point mark so yeah pretty safe bet i'd you'd think mm, that's that total match points total match points uh, yeah 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 and they're they're a point scoring machine at the moment you guys seen cody walker uh he's a try assist he's like 28 and then the the next bloke is like 12 behind him well mm, having himself a year definitely definitely so speaking of uh, oh, Cow- yeah. yeah, speaking of Cowboys, um, sorry. So Cowboys versus Tigers Saturday night, uh, Saturday evening, really, uh, up at Country Bank Stadium in Queensland. 
Uh, Monks, can you did you find their record? Uh, how how many losses have they had recently? Yeah, Big news. Go, sorry. Oh, they're on a eight-game losing streak. There you go. Mm. Uh, big news for them is Tom Alolo has fractured his hand again. I think this is the third hand fracture for him, second yeah. of the same hand. So he's fractured both hands and twice in the same hand now. So uh, <laughs> not having any luck, yeah. with fella. And being no. their best player and their entire go forward, um, with him uh, missing this match again, I have backed the Tigers. Yeah, I went the Tigers too here. Um, I was actually doing my tips uh, with the lovely wife before having dinner, um, and I said, "There's a few games I'll allow you to tip. Uh, you just go off your gut." And uh, and she said, "The Tigers here." So I've gone with that. Uh, Sam, we'll see how we go. <laughs> nice one. Um, I have gone Tigers as well, um, not because I took Sarah's advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are favourites, a dollar sixty. If you, if, you, if you took if you took her advice, it'd probably be leave, leave while you can. <laughs> oh, Shell's not that bad. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was. I'm kidding. I was, I'm kidding. I, was I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so they are favourites, dollar sixty. Cowboys are out two thirty-five. As I mentioned, uh, the line is three and a half, so definitely gonna. Seems like it's going to be a close one. Total match points, 30, 30, uh, 53, sorry. Uh, he, hand on your heart, who's watching this game? <laughs> Absolutely no one. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll, everyone will be too, getting too prepared for the next game. Which yeah, which, which is actually very round. interesting. Uh, mm. Should be the game of the round. One problem is, though, we've got the pretenders coming into it. So we've got uh, Manly taking on Parramatta at 7.30 on Saturday. That's a, in the Sunshine Coast. As mentioned, the pretenders, as we keep talking about, they haven't beaten anyone good uh, since Melbourne in round two. Uh, coming into the red-hot one-man team, the, tur- the Turbo Eagles, um, who are looking like the dark horse in the competition. Do we, does anyone see the Heels winning this game? No, absolute pretenders. Dave Grohl is playing 17 positions for them at the moment. <laughs> I tend to agree with this. I've also backed Manly. Thanks. Tips and odds. Yeah, I've picked Manly as well. Um, they are favourites of dollar twenty. Is it? That's his ringtone at the moment. He's just got that ready to go. Sorry, oh, guys. Yeah. That was just my phone ring. <laughs> Dave Grohl's on the phone. Yeah, it's Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are the odds? Uh, yeah, eels. Uh, sorry, eels. Well, yeah, I'll go eels. They're they're out at four dollars fifty. Um, sea eagles are a dollar twenty. Um, the line is fourteen and a half. Uh, we've got total match points forty nine and a half. So is that a three dollar difference between team? What are they? Yeah, Between, between, between a team running two places below the other team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Manly are sorry at six and the Eels are at four. But... Yeah. Bananas. That speaks volumes to where Parramatta is at the moment. Yeah, big time. Uh, what have we got left? Sunday games. We've got shit Sunday. So... Yeah, big time. <laughs> Plan something else to do on Sunday. Maybe watch some AFL games. Uh, you've got Warriors taking on the Bulldogs. 
Uh, the Bulldogs, considering they had those three suspensions, two of those two forwards, um, mm-hmm. the Raiders had a couple of guys up on, up there in Queensland they could spare. Uh, Corey Horsburgh and Ryan James have been loaned to the Dogs to play this week, so they're going to be playing yeah, for, for For two weeks. Uh, we've spoken before about the loan system perhaps becoming uh, a part of, of, of the NRL, and they've done it. Unprecedented times, of course, with uh, with uh, with COVID, uh, you know, amongst us here. But um, mm. I, I don't mind it. I suppose they're two players going on loan to Canterbury, so everyone's like, oh well, who gives a fuck kind of thing. Yeah. If these two guys are going to Penrith, you know, they're they're hurt at the moment. Maybe you start going, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> is, is that is that allowed kind of thing? Uh, but yeah, coming to the team that's coming dead last and and three three wins behind Brisbane coming fifteenth, that doesn't really bother me that much. No, not at all. Mm. They needed bodies, and these two were in the Raiders squad, but not getting game time at the moment. So get them some game time because none of the the lower grades, no Queensland Cup, no New South Wales rugby. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, Any, so. yeah. And that's hard for for fringe guys. You know, a uh, Ryan James is he's been around the league for a while, uh, you know, done a fair bit. But Corey Horsburgh's a young, fiery, fiery bloke, just from it, trying to cement a, a spot week to week for the Raiders. And if you can't play reserve grade footy, then you've got no ability to showcase his skills. So I I, I don't mind this uh, this this loan kind of system, um, and and wishing them two blokes all the best this weekend. Uh, we wouldn't want to dwell too much on this game. I can't imagine the Warriors take on the Bulldogs. There is no finals implications out of this. Mm-hmm. And I have tipped the Canterbury Bulldogs. I, yeah, I, I needed a little bit of an outsider here. And again, the the wife was helping me with the tips on, on some of the games that are, you know, I gave her a pass to tip to tip a few of them, and and she's gone the Bulldogs, and I'll write it out with her here. Um, I've tipped the the Bulldogs for a few upsets uh, of late and they've absolutely mm. let, let me down. So that <laughs> must be due. Let's go. Dogs of war. Wolf, wolf. I've picked the Warriors. Max, who have you got in odds? Um, I picked the Warriors as well. Um, it can be are sneaky, so thanks to unofficial sponsor sports bet. Uh, in the head-to-head, uh, the Bulldogs have won three of their last five matches as underdogs against the Warriors. So that's a 60% chance of winning there. Quick maths. Um, but yeah, Warriors are favourites, dollar thirty-seven. Bulldogs are out at three ten at the moment. Uh, we have a line of eight and a half. Yeah. Should be a low scoring one. Last mm. game, uh, Sharks taking on the Knights. As mentioned, Will James is probably the biggest out. Uh, we'll name out uh, for the Sharks. Again, another game. No. Oh, I think the Knights have snuck in the finals, haven't they? And, yeah, yeah, the Knights, the Knights, I think, will make the eight. I think they've got a very favourable run home uh, with Kalen Ponga and Mitch Pearce both back and healthy. I think they'll be a real shout to make the eight. I think that, that the Sharks are mm. probably going in the wrong direction, uh, but but quite an interesting game in, in terms of finals uh, implications. In terms of either of these teams bothering anyone later in the finals, probably a bit of a snooze. Uh, I have gone the Newcastle Knights here. Well, well, if you if you look at this, if if we expect the Titans and Raiders to lose and the Sharks win, uh, so then the Sharks, Knights, Raiders, and Titans would still all be on twenty points. Right. So and then, then and what, what does that put the Knights on? 
20 as well. So they're on 20 at the moment. If they lose to the Sharkies and the Sharkies win, they're all be on 20. Um, so, yeah. Well, and same so with the Dragons. The Dragons magically win. Massive <laughs> opportunity for both teams, but uh, definitely the, the Newcastle Knights could cement a top eight position with a win on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Well, they should. Mm. They would probably jump to seven if we imagine the other two teams losing. Mm-hmm. Um, put them right in there. So, yeah, back to Knights too, um, Monks. Yeah, back to Knights in here as well. They are favourites at $1.39. The Sharks are out at $3 at the moment. We've got a line of 7.5. Total match points, 40, 49. And I think that's NRL for this week. Uh, we'll see how that round pans out and cover that next week. But let's move into the other local sport, and that's the AFL. And I think we've got to kick off and have to talk about a little bit of Tex to start with. Tex Walker, he did get... Suspended six weeks. Essentially, they said your season's done um, over his racial slur. Um, he did make a statement that yesterday, um, just before all the news went live at about 5.30-ish, which I think was 5 o'clock their time, roughly. Um, but a bit of a big on the ASCII curse um, with what we were kind of shouting out to potentially be uh, an All-Australian. Yeah, massive curse. Uh, we take full responsibility for the abhorrent actions of uh, Tex Walker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, um, it's, it's kind of shaken up the, the Aussie rules world a little bit. You've got here a, a club captain, a leader, a bloke that a Huge. lot of people look up to. Um, look, he's he said something which is not play on in in the world that we live in and where we want footy to be going. Um, from from what I've been reading, it, it was a very, very quick um, sort of, a, a, you know, footy ag- aggressive mindset motivated uh, racial slur. Uh, I believe it was um, a former brand of cheese um, was, was the word. Thrown same, out. same word I think Andrew Johns used to refer to um, some of the Queensland boys. So. Yeah, and look, there's there's no place there's no place for that um, no. anymore. Look, Tex Tex has been stood down for the rest of the season, uh, and they're saying three weeks into next year, will he be a part of the club's plans for next year? Time will tell. Um, watching Eddie Betts uh, front up and and talk to the boys on AFL 360 Tuesday night was um, was quite confronting. Uh, Eddie being a former teammate of, of Taylor, um, I'm sure, you know, blokes that would consider each other mates. Um, and he was, he was pretty shook up by this. It was, it was quite emotional. Um, you know, he was kind of saying, you know, when is, when is enough enough um, kind of thing. Um, and look, if this if this is a bloke that's played ten games of AFL football and is a junior member of a club, not not condoning it, of course, but it's it's a different story. Whereas you've got here an, an Adelaide Crows legend and and club captain and and leader of young men. Um, you know, he's dropped the ball. He knows it. He knows it. The apology, boys, it, did, did you catch that? It, it did seem a little bit scripted for mine. Yeah. 
And I agree. And there was a bit of some yeah. chat about when they released it as well. Um, was right after the time that all the news kind of um, gets submitted for that day, so they couldn't re- say report it in the major news bulletins. It would have to come out the next day. Mm-hmm. So you know, whether there's a bit of um, uh, you know, media management, um, there, sure. the Crows team to kind of get that out. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's remorseful. Hopefully he's learned his lesson. Hopefully it's a big change. Um, I think Nick Nat came out today as well, kind of backing up Eddie. Eddie's uh, thoughts too, um, where that kind of goes for the the players and their sentiments in the league. Um, uh, I think the biggest thing that comes out is the people talking about it. So it's it's again it's out there in front of mind. Um, it was kind of the whole point of the kneeling over in America was more the, the actual conversation that it generated um, than the actual protest itself. So uh, I think it's excellent that. You know, it's not excellent that it happened, but I think the conversation that is generated in regards to the sport and being, um, uh, you know, pushing that kind of social agenda uh, within within the community, that's kind of what sports there is. You know, guys that don't want to be role models, but they end up kind of being anyway. Yeah. Mm, you get thrown in the spotlight a little bit like that. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, we, we you spoke there, Sean, about... You don't want this thing to happen, but I do think it's being handled better than it, than it used to be in the past. Uh, the, the fact that this was flagged by an Adelaide Crows official um, who, who, by all reports, was, was an Indigenous bloke himself um, and, and taken up within the club and then they've been the ones to, to take some action rather than being an external thing, um, I do think that shows some signs of, of progress. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a shitty thing that that's happened, and and Taylor would know that. And you know now his whole reputation um, and what he'll be remembered for. A lot of that comes down to this. And again, I'm not defending what what he did um, or or what he said, but um, look. We've got to move forward as as a country and as 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 people. And you can you know you can have have a laugh. I think about race. We've we've got we've got a, a wog and a and a skippy and, a, and an Asian here on 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 this podcast. And we've been mates for a long time. And I think you know a little bit of of banter is all good. But but there is a line. And and when you're you know when you're saying. Some some words which have got a bit of pain associated to them, then then that's a line. Yeah, you do have to understand the boundaries and where they sit, and um, yeah, hopefully not just text, but everyone can sort of learn from this experience and understand, um, yeah, how to move forward and be better at this sort of stuff. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, kind of come full circle from the whole Collingwood stuff to start the year as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's not going to go away anytime soon, is it? You know, it's it's something that we do need need to be better. At, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. Um, you know, there, there's there's lines that 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 shouldn't be crossed, and and that was one of them. And and Taylor knows that. He, he's you know he he's not the worst person that's ever walked on planet Earth, is he? Um, but but also we we need to as as a people try. Yeah, that kind of language.
All right, let's let's talk some footy. Um, uh, before we get into the rounds, so the, kind of the big one, big news: uh, Toby Green uh, hitting blokes with elbows. Shock me. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, this time it was Dangerfield, uh, who mm-hmm. didn't play the rest of this match, did he? He went off and didn't come uh, back. Got him in his throat. Yeah, bad throat injury. He got two weeks. I think they got reduced to one on an appeal. Um, what did you boys think? I thought it was. Did it get reduced? Yeah, I thought I saw that they appealed that and got down to one. I, I, thought, it, I thought it was two. Very, very similar to the Buddy Franklin um, incident that we were talking about a few weeks ago and in which Buddy got off. And, you know, we were kind of saying. Uh, Lance Franklin, Great White Sharks, Protected Species. Yeah. Um, and then Toby Green, you know, the villain, the bloke that everyone likes to hate, I bites. suppose. And, well, and look, he, he's, he has maybe done that to himself. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think there might have been a bit of a Toby tax uh, attached to this one. Um, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? When you're getting tackled, you've only got a split second to... Uh, try and defend yourself, and an open palm is fine, but a, a bent elbow is, is obviously no good. And it, when you watch it in slow motion, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, and especially elevated el- elbows are probably the, the problem. Like, uh, yeah, yeah you, once it you, starts getting getting up there higher and higher, that's yeah, that's weird. Especially is Toby Green being a the smaller man in this contest. It's like yeah, it, it does, it's not a great visual for him, unfortunately. No. No, you can do a fair bit of damage with those. But anyways, the, uh, the Giants will be without Toby for their big clash with Richmond this uh, this weekend. Time it. Uh, Tom Rodlift, they say. Rocklift. Rock, what did I say, Rob? It's Rock. I, I even read it as Rock and I said Rob. I think it's because you're dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, a Brisbane Lions legend, uh, obviously now at at Port Adelaide. Uh, he's he's calling it a day. I'll just try and get up some numbers there. There, there was a period where Tom Rockliffe was the premier AFL fantasy um, player in in the league, uh, much like a, a Jack McRae is at the moment, if you will. Uh, he's he's only thirty one years of age. Uh, what have we got here? 208 games total, so 154 for the Brisbane Lions and 56 for Port Adelaide. Uh, it's actually sort of been in and out of, of Port side this year. Um, and I tell you what, as a 31-year-old myself, can I understand it, mate? You, you're, all, you're old, you're tired, your hamstrings are tight. Look, our skill level is probably about the same. Um, so, so, so I can I can really empathise with you here, Buzz. Randy two point over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and if you're not getting game time, it probably doesn't help as well. Like, yeah. Some of those like, hey, I can do other stuff. I've made good money. Yeah. Got other things to do in my life. Speaking of good money, uh, mm-hmm. Josh Kelly getting a monster eight year deal with GWS, reported of eight million dollars a mill a season. Uh, Massive deal for him and locked him in long-term to stay there at the club. Massive news for Josh Kelly. Big deal. We do speak about it here on the SKU about these, you know, eight, nine, ten-year deals. Are they beneficial for the player? Are they beneficial for the club? I suppose time will tell there. But uh, 
yeah, Josh Josh Kelly's done very well for himself. It, it would seem at the moment. Speaking of the Giants, I think we're running into round 22 uh, of the AFL. We've got GWS taking on Richmond. Yeah, boys, uh, it's a bit of a bit of a coin toss here, I think, for mine. Um, massive game in terms of in terms of the finals, the 2019 Grand Final rematch, eighth versus tenth at the moment, uh, with the Giants being two points clear of the Tigers. Uh, Monks, you highlighted this a few weeks ago, actually, as being a really important game in terms of finals uh, implications. What are we thinking here, lads? It's it's a bit of a bit of a coin toss, a, a coin toss rather. Um, I I have gone. The, yeah, I've gone the Richmond Tigers here to 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 uh, back up a little bit of poor form. Um, and 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 get the win here, GWS obviously with that massive upset against Geelong last week. Yeah, I think Toby Green's a big out for them. I just think GWS is going in the right direction, and Richmond is not. So I back yep. GWS. Um, but like you say, coin toss uh, should be a good game of footy on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, hopefully it is a good game of footy. Um, I have gone Richmond uh, with no real confidence at all. Uh, they are favourites uh, heading into the match at $1.65. Uh, GWS are out at $2.25. Uh, we've got a line of six and a half, so, yeah. Yeah, That's not much. No. Next match, uh, Hawthorne taking on the Western Bulldogs. Um Western Bulldogs coming off a shock loss to the Bombers, and unfortunately we don't have Mackie here to um, drown uh, his tears with us. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me, though, if they just completely lost their marbles and lost their way due to the Josh Bruce uh, injury, doing his ACL. Um, his season done. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think that it had oh, on the game because it was only in the last sort of minute. But um, yeah, that's that's a massive, massive injury for for the dogs. With with Brucey gone, uh, kicked ten in a game this year against the North uh, North Melbourne uh, Kangaroos. Uh, I think he's coming equal second um, with Taylor Walker in in the Coleman Medal. So um, both those blokes uh, obviously rubbed out for the for the rest of the year. And and you feel for the bloke, uh, Canberra boy. Um, been playing probably the best year of his life and and what really looked like a, a pretty innocuous kind of um, position for, for his knee to go there at the end of the game. Tell you what was nice and a, and a, sh- uh, a sign of class from the uh, Essendon Bombers players was uh, was Jake Stringer um, and uh, oh, there was another bloke there that, that just got straight around uh, Josh Bruce, they were calling out, um, you know, for for the physios to come out and and check him out, and um, and yeah, no, you know, you don't leave anything out on the football field when um, you know, when when the ball's in dispute and when there's a game on the line. Uh, but after a uh, a pretty serious injury like that, nice to see the the Bombers boys getting around Josh Bruce there. So how how did this game then go down between the Bulldogs and Bombers? Um, so I know Judas over here didn't pick his own team. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the curse. so how, how did how did the Bulldogs lose their way so much uh, that this was a pretty low scoring game, wasn't it? 
Well, we bet the we bet the overs, um, and and we got that. That was part of the on the Esky um, uh, bet of the week there. Uh, oh look, eighty four ninety. Yeah, you know, by their standards, perhaps perhaps a touch, but that's one of the highest scoring games in the league that week or last week, I should say. Uh, look, don't don't. Take any credit away from the Bombers. We've been speaking about them going in the right direction at length the last few weeks. I um I don't think they're that far off being a pretty pretty classy side, and they're showing it when they can go out and knock off uh, the side that was coming first um, going into last yeah. week. Um, look at look out for them pushing pushing for a, a finals position here. Look for the Dogs. I think maybe may a little speed hump. Uh, I think the way that the, the, the Brownlow medalist Marcus Bondempelli is playing is um is 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 really good. Uh, and Bruce obviously uh, will you know his big shoes to fill. That's where number one draft pick mm-hmm. Jamaru Wahagan needs to step up. It's a massive opportunity for him. Obviously, it's opportunity um, he has gone down and and will, you know won't be free, um, for for the next the next year or so. But he's a number one draft pick, um, so it's it's a uh, it's his chance to to shine and, and show early uh, in the draft. Yeah. So and I'd say Hawthorn are no bombers. Um, so I wouldn't surprise me if we're bulldogs across the table here in this one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do it pretty. Easily. Yes. Yeah, so they are favourites, $1.22, Hawthorne's out at $4.35 at the moment. Uh, we've got a line of 27 and a half. Next game, uh, Port Adelaide taking on the Blues. Uh, mm. Blues lose last week, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Look, this season's done. They've um, they've had that really impressive win against Kyrgyzstan. You know, that's that's the impressive win between the the shit sandwich that was losing to the Gold Coast and North Melbourne. Uh, they can they can start thinking about next year. Um, I tell you, a bloke who's is up there with the most unlucky people in the Australian sport. Uh, Carlton Captain Sam Doherty. Um, he, had, he had back-to-back ACLs back in, in 2018-2019. Um, he's already had one bout um, of testicular cancer. It was announced, or he he, he uh, let the boys know um, and the media know earlier in the week that, um, you know, his testicular cancer is back. He's going to have to do uh, some some radiation or chemotherapy for that. And, and on top of it all, uh, he, he lost his old man uh, you know, in, in the last few years. So uh, a bloke who's 27 years of age and, um, you know, you you just you couldn't write a worse script for him. Um, so just I think the whole way community um, and, and just, you know, Australians fans and wishing him all the best uh, going back to get treatment for that. Um, it, so, so he'll he'll be gone for for the rest of the year. I, again, these games probably not that important. Resetting in a little bit about 
how uh, he is out the uh, well the 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 Coleman medalist you'd think for for twenty twenty one. He's out with a with a shoulder with an AC joint, and Sam Walsh, who appeared to have rolled his ankle quite badly at the end of that Gold Coast run, uh, he he's uh, set to line up this week against Port Adelaide. Mm. Port, they're they're flat track bullies. Um, they always put away teams below them. You'd imagine that they get the job done here at the Adelaide Oval off off tip Port. Agree. Yeah, I've, I've picked Port as well. Thanks. I think you've probably done the same. Yeah, yeah, we've gone the same. They are favourites, dollar thirteen at the moment. Carlton are out at six dollars. Um, we've got a line of thirty-five and a half total game points, one hundred sixty-three and a half. <clears throat> so next game we've got Geelong taking on St Kilda. Um, uh, Joe Selwood uh, was the the main kind of note here. He got done with a 3K fine for a high contact. Um, coming off last week with the injuries, um, well, the injury to Paddy, um, to Dangerfield, Pat Dangerfield, I have actually picked uh, St Kilda for this one. Well, that's a, that's a massive upset and a, and a big fall. Uh, I don't mind it. We we do talk about the hot and cold Saints this year. You never know which Saints is going to rock up. I think they they played their final last week against against Sydney. And if you go off the hot cold uh, kind of rhetoric we've gotten this year, I've tipped the Geelong Cats here, uh, even if they are yeah, even if they are dangerous. Uh, Monks, if you wouldn't mind uh, your tip and some odds, I just am going to do a quick leak. I'll be back. Too easy. So yeah, I've gone Geelong as well. Um, they are favourites, a dollar twenty-two. St Kilda are out at four dollars thirty-five. So if you get that one, Sean, um, I think a lot of people will be happy. Lines twenty-six and a half as well. Next match. Uh, see, is there a ground for this month? Can you find me a ground? I've got TBC here at the moment. Uh, we've got oh, Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane Lions taking on uh, the Colony Pies. Mm-hmm. So uh, big... no, you go. Uh, so the big return of a cockatoo. He's last. Uh, he well, he returned last week um, in that game against. Um, fuck, I can't remember. He came back and beat them too. <laughs> yeah, but did they play last week? That's a great question. Um. Fremantle. Fremantle. Yes, it was Fremantle. Yeah. Yeah, that took way too long. <laughs> no, all good. Uh, so yeah, being being Fremantle, um, he's the back to cockatoo. He's played his first AFL game since 2018. He did kick two sausage rolls. Uh, the Lions kind of got back on the roll. Uh, he had a very good win against Fremantle against the Dockers in this. Um, I think they ended up putting a 50 point margin on them. Yeah, about that. It was 118 to uh, 54. Yeah, so over over 50. Yeah. Kind of a good return of form. Got a bit more fire through um, the middle of the pack. Uh, my cousin Barry, of course, getting a bit of eye rub from Bradshaw in this one too. Um, <laughs> but in this one, Bradshaw. <laughs> uh, Bradshaw. Um, 
uh, in this one, the Lions taking on Pies. I've backed the Lions. Um, I think they're just going to be too good for the Pies outfit. Yeah, I've got the Lions here. I think the Pies are. <laughs> We've got sound effects on the S. Oh, geez. That's, that's... That soundboard is really putting some work in tonight. Oh, um, yeah, I've got yeah, lines as well. <laughs> yeah, they are favourites a dollar and eleven cents at the moment. Uh, pies are out at six dollars seventy. Um, if you're interested in a line, it is thirty-seven and a half. Should be big time, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, Lockie Neal's back this week as well. Yeah. Extra firepower in the middle of the pack. Uh, yeah. All right, next match, we've got North Melbourne taking on Sydney. Um, I believe this is a Marvel Stadium, so it's not Tasmania. North Melbourne won't win this game. They've been better of late, but I think, as I think we said last week, that better a couple of games in Tasmania and then one good game at the MCG from memory. But I don't think they get by Sydney. I think Sydney um, on track. Uh, Buddy, I think, only kicked one last week, so he needs to make it, make up a few uh, to, if he's trying to get a 1,000. And what a great opportunity to go do it. Yeah, so yeah. I've got Sydney in this one. Yeah, I've got Swans, and I don't think Buddy Franklin kicks a 1,000 goals this year. Oh, there you go. That's a shout. Hmm. He's got to kick five to get back on track. It is looking a little less likely. Um yeah, I've gone Swans as well. They're a dollar forty six. Uh North Melbourne are out at two dollars seventy six. Um got a line of fourteen and a half. So, oh all, all day. Yeah. You think Sydney put put some points on it. Uh, okay. yeah. I think actually on further I think the Swans have won a lot of games by not much. So yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see. Buddy Franklin seems to be out this week as well. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, he's being managed at the moment. Uh, managed. Mm. That yeah. was always our yeah, concern. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not getting that thousand. <laughs> yeah, well, after last week getting one, they probably said, uh, you're a bit far off now. Um, let's let's take it easy. Mm. Let's try. We'll see. Let's get him right. That's it. Next match we got. What about the D's and the mighty Crom? Yeah, taking off Crom. Crom, of course, shocked the D's uh, back in round ten in a one-point thriller. Um, what do you think, boys? Can they do it again? No, I don't think so. I, I think Melbourne uh, having that gutsy win over in shocking conditions uh, in Perth Monday night. Uh, I think they they should be too strong for Adelaide here. Uh, we've obviously highlighted the concerns with them putting away lowly teams uh, this year, uh, but I think they get the bickies here. And of course, all the text drama during the week for the Crows. Um, you know, I don't yeah, can't help. So, uh, I, I'm going Melbourne. That's it. Yeah, Lightning doesn't strike twice. I've gone Melbourne as well. They are favourites, dollar and seven cents at the moment. Uh, the Mighty Crom are out at nine dollars twenty. Uh, we've got a line of 43 and a half um, with total match points of 155. Yeah. Wow. Mm. What do we got next? We what got... was that line? Oh, sorry. The line was 43 and a half. Yeah, it's still a lot of points. 
Oh, I think Melbourne should win this, but I, I probably wouldn't be touching that. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Well, following that, we've got the Suns uh, coming in to take on the Red Hot Bombers uh, coming off their big win. Uh, what are you boys thinking of this? I don't, the way the Bombers are going, I don't think the Suns get close. I've got the Bombers in here. Yeah, I, I think the Bombers yeah. are heating up at the right time. Massive game in terms of them playing finals. Football, uh, Gold Coast beat a, a pretty ordinary Carlton side last week. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think the Bombers, it's their game to lose. I've tipped them. Yep. Nah, same here. They are, again, they are favourites at $1.29. Um, Gold Coast are $3.66 at the moment. Uh, we've got a line of 21 and a half. Um, total match points of 157. And it finishes yeah, off. No, no. It finishes off for the AFL round. Uh, we've got the teams out west. We've got Fremantle taking on West Coast. It's Optums, Optus Stadium. They will have crowds because um, the COVID's only on the east coast at the moment. Um, but it ends up being a massive uh, a derby, not derby, <laughs> with both teams losing. <laughs> <laughs> That note was actually for myself because I've taught on a derby before, but they, they say der- <laughs> they say derby out in the west. Yeah, derby. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Freo slid down from eighth to twelfth, as mentioned. Brayshaw yeah, cops a week um, for poking at Jared's eyes. Um, Freo have lost the last eleven in the derby uh, in a row, so. Has anyone been game to, to, to take Freo in this? Nope. Big time nope. Yeah, I'm, I've gone West Coast here. Look, they've been pretty ordinary in, in a lot of their showings, but uh, I still think they're a class above uh, above Fremantle here. Uh, Dave Mundy, uh, he's actually he's drawn level with Matthew Pavlich's uh, Dockers game record. Uh, he played his first game back in 2004, uh, so let that sink in. Uh, there'll be some AFL uh, draftees in the next draft that were born in that year. Definitely. That's insane. <laughs> Brady, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Brady, I think that's our transition then into the NFL. And we'll talk some NFL news. Uh, tell Sarah it's not bedtime. And uh, we have an air podcast to do, so let's get yeah. Started. She did just say, "Come, gave me the eyes for good night." So that's probably we got half an hour, I'd reckon. <laughs> uh, so NFL news, preseason games, the full slate of games kick off um, for uh, after the Hall of Fame game last week uh, for mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, we did have Pittsburgh taking on Dallas with a sixteen-three um, win. Yep, that uh, was the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame game. Uh, bit of a shit, so only backup quarterbacks. Um, no, no, some of the big names did play a couple of snaps, but most of it was pretty reserved. And you had some of the more of the, the no names, the like, you know, second stringers, third stringers, and fourth stringers, guys trying to make rosters uh, out there playing. Uh, interesting enough, it sounds like a lot of the clubs are going to rest a lot of their big players, especially quarterbacks. Uh, so if you've got an established quarterback, don't expect him to be playing any preseason games. They're trying to protect the species, uh, and any of those high-profile, well-paid players also, I don't think, will be playing overly too much in the preseason. Mm. Who who are the backups at Dallas and and Pittsburgh? Uh, Mason Rudolph 
was Pittsburgh's. Mm. No fucking idea for the other ones because Rudolph only played half the game too, I think. Um, and it was Andy Dalton last year, but he's gone to Chicago. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. No, another young fella who uh, hopefully Dak's okay with his shoulder because <laughs> the Cowboys are going to need him because I don't think they've got um, anyone of note backing him up a quarterback this year. I did say uh, on the socials this week that this had this game had more viewers than an average Stanley Cup or World Series game would have. Football's back, baby. That is wild. <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. And that's rubbish. And we don't know who the backup quarterback for, for Dallas is. So good. It probably helps that Dallas was playing in this game. So you, you, For sure. Yeah. So Hard Knocks 2 has just kicked off for them. So yeah. They're, you know, massive market, massive media team, um, America's team, of course. So that, that helps the situation a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do have the depth chart here. We have a Garrett Gilbert as second stringer. Double G. For, for what a Dallas. He's one G away from being a world-class boxer. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like full thumbs down on that joke. <laughs> yes. Big time. Uh, what so, about Josh Allen? Man got paid. Yeah, got paid big time. Yeah. Six-year extension, 258 mil, 150 mil guaranteed. I think it's the big number there. Um, so Yearly, that's more than Mahomes, isn't it? Yeah, I think he... He fits in between Mahomes and someone else, maybe Dak. I, actually, I think he fits in... Uh, between Mahomes and Dak. So that's where – so Mahomes, I think, gets still paid more technically, but he fits in between the two of them. What's really big news out of this is because Lamar Jackson and Blake and Mayfield also in his same class, also looking at new deals too. Um, so whether they well, – no, take Lamar, for example, he could probably just roll straight into uh, Ravens' front office and say, give me that, that deal, that's what I want. Um, so it would be interesting to see if – it's huge money. A um, huge part of the salary cap, and see how they the, the club takes it. Lamar, of course, dealing with a bit of COVID. I think at the moment he's been cleared to back to go to training camp, but yeah, had a second bout, unfortunately. The Rona. He doesn't worry about COVID. He, he's just got to worry about when he needs to take a shit in the fourth quarter <laughs> with three minutes to go. That's that's all he's got to worry about. <laughs> yeah, he really. plays better afterwards, doesn't he? Yes, he's a drop of juice. As you would. It's a massive weight off your shoulders. <laughs> Not just your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> off several other organs and, uh, and bodily structures. Speaking of some other deals in the NFL, Darius Leonard got paid uh, for the Colts. I think he's now the highest paid inside linebacker. Well, him and Fred Warner are kind of sharing that all at the moment. So inside well, linebackers get paid. Well, those two, along with Bobby Wagner, are probably the th- the three elite inside linebackers getting around these days. Yeah. And then following on that, Xavier Howard also got a new deal for the Finns to make him happy. I think they restructured it and put some extra bonuses in there for a pro bowl and something else, um, which bumped his money up where it would be something he can definitely achieve um, and be equivalent to all those other corners that were ahead of him Um Money-wise, so that made him a little bit happier, and he's going to stay put at the fins for now. 
Yeah, well, that's big for Xavier, isn't it? Because uh, we, we spoke about it a few weeks ago on the pod, uh, making it quite public that he was unhappy uh, with his situation there in Miami. Um, so it's good to see him in the front office come to terms. And uh, he, let's be honest, probably one of the elite uh, cornerbacks in the NFL, and he shall be paid adjustingly for that. Yep. Yeah, big time. Mm. Uh, to finish off some notes in the NFL, uh, there's been some reports coming around that the league sent out a memo about taunting penalties and a bit of a video explaining what the different uh, taunting penalties would be. Um, the NFL also sends for the no fun league. So uh, they're very much any kind of flexing or in people's faces at all, like even looking at the other bloke the wrong way, is going to be constitute a flag now. Um, so the classic, say, Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. Uh, the you know the uh, what was the Buccaneers safety's name? I've forgotten. Uh, oh, Monks, you'd know this. Anton Winfield. Yeah, yeah Winfield. Winfield. Yeah, doing the, doing, putting up the two as representing how many t- catches he had. Uh, that would constitute a penalty going forward. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the makers in the NFL are kind of a bit um, separated from their fan base and what the fans like to see. And they do like to see um, a bit of, you know, celebration uh, within the sport versus none. Mm. We've seen them sort of relax the celebrations, at least for touchdowns over the last couple of years. So, well, they changed the rule. They backflipped on that. They had yeah. it, it was like celebrations bad, and then you know got real stuck into it. And To I think was the face of a lot of that at the time. Mm, yeah. Uh, but then you know they've kind of gone back the other way and said, yeah, want to see celebrations? That's the stuff uh, that gets put on mass media all over the place. Um, think of Stefan Diggs catching the miracle, throw on the helmet and the big flex at the end. You know, that's yeah. everywhere. So celebrations of touchdown, that's big time. Yeah. But I and surprise. there's a mark, there's mark difference between after you've scored and sharing a moment with teammates and compared to, you know, the, the high-stepping, pointing out defenders, taunting mm. yeah, sort of things. Yeah. Um, look, I, I hope they don't go too berserk with the way that they officiate this, but I don't mind the move. I, I don't mind the fact that they're trying to take away that nasty, um, egotistic side of the sport and push it perhaps more towards a celebratory moment with um, with your teammates and the fans. Yeah, it would not surprise me if they go the way the NRL of this, start off pretty hard and then it fades off and then they relax it a fair bit. <laughs> Taking notes from the bummer league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to finish off, we mentioned Hall of Fame week last week. Uh, the Hall of Famers, uh, massive group of Hall of Famers as well. Uh, can see, you know, Pat Manning, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, John Lynch, um, mm. Edwin James. Like uh, it, it's for us. That's probably the the first generational decade that we really uh, got deep into the sports of. Uh, you know, generational talents um, yeah. for us. So all the speeches, I think, were excellent. Um, Steve Atwater was another one now off the top of my head. Three Broncos, um, three guys that played for the Broncos, definitely getting in there. Uh, Peyton Manning, I think, had the, one of the biggest entourages, getting Tom Brady across and then all the former guys. <laughs> like, um, had well, a great... One of the biggest foreheads to ever be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> Well, I think someone asked him if he's going to do commentary, and he said he wouldn't be able to fit his neck and his forehead in in the booth. <laughs> he, he's a good bloke, Peyton. And I, yeah, he is. Of it. 
Um, yeah. I think Edwin James's line of I started with gold teeth, ended with a gold jacket was will be pretty um, timely and everyone will, uh, you know, always th- think back to that as a big, big kind of uh, moment, a big quote. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was really, really good. And they all had their day in the sun or their, their time um, with their moments with family and had big parties. So, yeah, it was pretty impressive. What do you boys think? Yeah. Oh, it was cool. It was, yeah, nice to see all those players get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, especially for me, seeing John Lynch as well going in. It's been a few years coming, so, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, Sean, going back to your point, uh, in that these are this is the first sort of Hall of Fame inductee class which really encapsulates the, the players that were, were playing when we started getting into the sport as as you know, thirty-something-year-old Australians, I think this this uh, this inductee class, yeah, is is your you Peyton Mannings, your Charles Woodsons, your John Lynches, your Calvin Johnsons. That that is for us being Australian American football fans growing up. That that is what it was all about. Mm. Yeah, big time. And you you, th- you think of. Uh, some of the safeties that are coming up and have gone in already. Ed, Ed Reed last year, and you got Troy Palomalo, and then yeah. Brian Dawkins coming up too. Yeah. A generation uh, of say safeties as well, like unreal kind of talent, um, and, and all the positions. Mm. So, right, the, to get to that point of being a Hall of Fame conversation is just unreal. Yeah, it makes me feel kind of old. <laughs> 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 that all these guys are in the Hall of Fame. Um, there's some there's some nuts stuff going around Tom Brady's longevity as well. So so Calvin Johnson, uh, I think, got drafted into the NFL in Tom Brady's sixth year or, or seventh year playing, yeah. and now Tom Brady's still playing and he's five. Calvin is five years out of the NFL. Long yeah, life. that's it. Well, everyone always talks about Tom Brady's two Hall of Fames um, since that is done. So. Yeah, the longevity of him is just crazy. And well, take take, take Vinatieri for example. He got five Super Bowl rings um, because of Tom Brady and um, Peyton Manning. So they both had a lot to say <laughs> for their, his his career too. Um, future mm-hmm. future go Hall of Famer himself, I'd say, uh, as a kicker. Yeah. Hey, Vinatieri gonna shout Brady and uh, Manning a beer on his podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Pat probably did it for him, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. That's NFL. Um, I think we'll run through the remaining news that we've got. Um, NBA, again, a lot of player news and movement. Um, ben Simmons' trade talks heating up. Uh, he sounds like he's not talking to the um, Philly, to the, the um, to the club anymore. So it looks like he's done with them, wants to be moved, Golden State. Um, seems like a lightning destination. Uh, sounds like they may want to trade him for Dame, like they get better value, of course, out of that. Sixes. It, it really sounds as if uh, Ben and his teammates are not on the same page. Um, and by all accounts, uh, I think I think he's he's out of the city of brotherly love next year. 
Yeah, and the other interesting note we had here was Dennis uh, Sirota. Um, he turned down a four-year, eighty-four mil deal to stay with the Lakers, who have been signing everyone and building a, a monsters team themselves, and had to mm-hmm. sign a one-year, five-point-nine million deal with Boston. Um, I wonder if he just kind of saw the writing on the wall with all these other guys coming that I'm not going to get any game time. I'll go take a one-year deal, prove your deal at Boston, um, get lots of game time, and then hopefully get a massive deal out of that. What did you uh, No, I don't think that's crossed Dennis's mind at all. I think he he got offered that and was maybe trying to play a little bit hard to get, trying to, you know, squeeze another mil or two out of that deal. And then they've gone, oh, fuck him. We'll, we'll, you know, we've got other people that we can bring to this tiny little franchise that we call the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> and then um, and then they've gone, well, Dennis, you don't fit into our plans for next year. And he signed a one-year $5.9 million, Prove that I'm good enough to get another one-year deal yeah. in the NBA. I, I think he's absolutely shot himself in the foot here. Yeah, I don't think he's gone to Boston. Um, because of that, like, yeah, a four-year, eight eighty-four million dollar deal. You don't, you wouldn't walk away from that. If you Mate, any any the game time. Wanna, if they want to offer the on the Esky pals uh, one one hundred <laughs> of that deal to keep this this little podcast up and running, uh, I'll speak with my manager and we'll get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> it's yes, it's yeah. Okay, it's it just come in. It's yes. <laughs> what do you want us to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so NBA will keep tracking that. The summer league's going on at the moment. All the young fellows are getting some game time, some buckets, mm. um, but otherwise not a huge amount of news floating. Oh, Luca got paid. Luca got paid. That was only yeah, you got a max deal too. Mm. Yeah, max deal. deal. So good on him. Bring it home for Slovenia. He's probably worth. He's probably worth half of Slovenia now. Yeah, well, for he, well, he makes up half their GDP. Yes. Yeah, I'd imagine <laughs> that, that. Not even out of the realm of possibility. Uh, yeah. Let's talk some UFC. Um, yeah, moving on. You on the weekend. Um, probably by all accounts, probably not the greatest pay per view after losing Nunes off the top of it. Um, so mm. we had Gain taking on Derek Lewis. And as I kind of alluded to last week, Gain uh, did get the win, uh, becoming the first French champion. And I'll put champion in air quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Uh, with Nangano still out there. He did get done third round knockout, uh, third round technical knockout of Derek Lewis. But I think by all accounts, pillow post, he was way better fighter as expected. Um, any thoughts on that, boys? Uh, did you catch any of that? Uh, no, I just saw the highlights. It looked like they really banged on uh, for a bit there. Uh, again, the whole interim, you know, heavyweight champion of the world thing doesn't sit very well with me um, at all. Uh, I think Francis has been really duped here by the UFC. Um, the fact that he, he won that title a minute, uh, you know, down. Makes his own rules, and if if yeah. it sells fights, that he's allowed to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think Francis is a little bit underdone here in the fact that there is an interim champion of the world. Having said that, I think Cyril Garn is one of the scariest motherfuckers uh, walking the, walking the planet Earth. Yeah. He hasn't lost. 
and he um, he's put away Derek Lewis, uh, a guy who who has really um, you know taken scalps in the in the heavyweight uh, division here in the UFC. Um, yeah. So love the fight, love the love the um, you know the matchup. But having said that, I, I do think that uh, that Dana's kind of you know making his own rules here, and and Francis mm-hmm. should should be a little bit pissed off about this even being a thing. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, which of course pushes the whole gain Francis fight is probably the next one to come. Um, mm-hmm. Considering it sounds like Jones and uh, Stipe uh, are going to get together, so um, for their fight. Uh, it's reported that Stipe has accepted and they're just waiting on Jones. I think Jones kind of put it over his socials that um, it looks like it's happening. Stipe is probably a good one for him because they'll hopefully both be about 240 coming into this. So taking on a Francis at 260 or 250 something. So a little bit less weight to be similar kind of builds. Um, Stipe, of course, wants his trilogy, um, his rematch with Nangano, but a money fight against Jones, that's probably the biggest fight you can get at the heavyweight division. Uh, get a win over Jones, then. Yes, you're straight back in the conversation for Francis. Whoever wins that fight essentially gets the winner of Gain and Nangano, I would think. Mm. Yeah, I tend to agree with everything you said there. Um, look, I, I, I really like this this matchup uh, for for John Jones. Uh, been out of the game for a long time, trying to stack on as as much weight as he can, and uh, people sleep a little bit on Stipe. You know, one, one of the greatest heavyweights to ever have walked this planet. Um, I, I would love would love to see this fight. Um, and all by all accounts, Stipe wants a trilogy um, with Ngano. Uh, so you'd imagine if, and it's a big if, if he can get past John Jones, then maybe they they start thinking about that. But uh, looking forward to this fight. Uh, other fights. Uh, kind of an interest on that card. So Aldo did get another win in the bantamweight division. Uh, interesting enough, he's had more wins um, in the UFC than Connor has since their infamous 13-second fight um, all those years ago. Been some chat lately as well that uh, Aldo might make a good opponent for Connor uh, yeah. to come back in, someone that's going to stand and strike with him uh, going forward. Their weights are probably Connor's now at lightweight at 155, and Aldo's now at bantamweight at 135. So uh, but interesting yeah. how they go weight-wise to make something like that happen. Hard to beat uh, in the middle. But, yeah, a name fight that they can put together for Connor that goes back to an old kind of big legacy moment for Connor and see if that maybe floats his boat or something because uh, I think they'd be worried to put him in front of all those killers in the lightweight division. Though Dust, the, the Dustin trilogy is still out there. Um, it be interesting to see what Dustin does because um, I think – uh, Michael Chandon and Chandler and um, yep. uh, Gages coming yep. up is going to is going to be booked. Um, so it's a good fight there. Um, Do, you know how old Jose Aldo is off the top of your head? Uh, Mid thirties, I'd say. Yeah, thirty-four. In my head, I had him a little bit older. You know, very accomplished, yeah. obviously. And when hmm. when Connor beat him. Uh, was kind of at the peak of his powers, so I, I kind of thought that he he might have been a bit long in the tooth. But uh, yeah, it turns out that uh, that Jose Aldo's 34. I would love to see that that run back with with Connor. Yeah, and looking at his record and the the row of killers he's fought since then, like he's always mm. been in the top three to five of the division, um, and also fighting for belts too since then. 
uh, hasn't been able to pick one up, but he's definitely been in those conversations and been in those fights. Sure. Um, the only other thing I think of interest out of the UFC, well, no, it wasn't out of the UFC. It was in a lower promotion in you know, mixed martial arts promotion. But someone actually submitted a bloke with the walls of Jericho. Uh, so where he, where did this happen? I don't know. I just it came up my feed that um, someone had actually done this. Uh, so Jericho being the the wrestler, the WWE wrestler, Chris uh, Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. That is very very famous and long term stalwart of uh, the WWE. Um, has a famous move called the walls of Jericho. Basically sits on the lower back and pulls your legs up towards his stomach, kind of giving you a big arch in your back. Um, I think every little brother in the world has, has caught this from, from the big brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. 100%. Three elder siblings yeah. here. Monks, Monks doesn't have younger brothers, but uh, myself yeah. and Sean yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely just had a couple of these fucking wrestling in the lounge room back in the day. Yeah, big time, big time. <laughs> So, so someone actually pulled it off in a professional belt. Bloke uh, mm. to tap uh, was probably one of the funniest things to happen this week. So if you haven't seen the video, go out there, find it, check it out. It's um, it's a moment in time for mixed martial arts. <laughs> we might be able to get that on our socials. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to ring that one up. Quick motorsport news: um, If you follow the mm. MotoGP, uh, the motorbikes, that is uh, Valentino Rossi. Uh, Great long-term world champion. I think he's actually got nine world championships, which is more yeah. than Lewis Hamilton, more than Tom Brady. Um, if you want to talk about goats, uh, Valentino Rossi's up there in that conversation for his sport. Uh, has announced that he's retiring and finishing up um, his career as a professional motorcycle wrestler. Yeah, 42 years of age, and you were right, nine uh, world uh, MotoGP Titles for Valentino. I I actually wasn't aware that he was still racing. I, I kind of thought that he, he must have been done a few years ago. Uh, obviously, you know, getting on a little bit in age. But um, look, we, yeah, like you say, we talk about goats, and the the goat of of MotoGP is Valentino Rossi, isn't he? I think. I think he's got he's got seven MotoGP World Championships and then he's got one uh, 250cc World Championship and one 125cc. Ah, uh, we're 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 checking the miners in. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Still a World Championship. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Sorry. Seven more than I got. <laughs> and to finish us off for this podcast, we'll finish up with uh, the football. Um, the EPL starts this weekend. That's back. Um, I've got a big Hammers fan at work, and he's been telling me how good West Ham are going to be this year, pushing for that fourth spot. Well, it went very close, very close last season, the Hammers. Um, and there's a bit of uh, poetry about this podcast in that we'll start with and finish with the Lionel Messi saga. <laughs> Obviously, Monk's shouting him a beer. Um, that That is by far and away the biggest news coming out of the football world. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the silver medal of football news is uh, is, is Jack Grealish uh, signing a £100 million transfer fee uh, um, to go over to Man City. Uh, the former um, record was Paul Pogba, £89 million to go uh, over to Man United. 
that there's a, still a lot of speculation around um, Harry Kane, if he will leave Spurs to go over to Man City. Apparently, they've still got a lot of money to throw at him. And um, and the EPL starts this week, boys. Mm. Does anyone see... Uh, does any well either you two see anyone outside of uh, Man City winning the EPL this year? I was having a look uh, on the odds uh, and our, the EPL for me. Yeah, they are at at the moment. They are our friendly uh, unofficial sponsors there at Sportsbet have them at a dollar and sixty-seven to win <laughs> to win <laughs> the the Premier League this year. Look, it's a long season. It's a long season. It, there's there's no reason why a Chelsea uh, perhaps, or a Liverpool uh, couldn't push them. A little bit of bias here, but out, not outside of the realm of possibilities that United push them. But it's definitely cities to lose. Let's just hope, as Aussie, you know, APL fans, that this is still interesting come week 35, week 36. You know, going into those last few rounds, you don't want to have. Essentially, what happened last year in the 12 weeks before um, day 38, it was all over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think last yeah. 10 rounds, 12 rounds, as you say, all, it was all all done. You knew who was going to win, and then we're just fighting out for two, three, and four. Um, yeah, play some of the the European Champions League for you. Yeah, and those battles can be interesting, but it it's much. It's much better for English football when when it's when it's a contest right till the end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's it. And with that, lads, I think that'll do us for this week on the ASCII podcast. Uh, thank you all for uh, participating and being a part of our uh, first online podcast uh, with us. Uh, we'll try to get Anthony better internet at some point, and uh, hopefully it wasn't too bad and shocking to watch. Uh, Thank you, boys, for coming along. It was being good to chat to you. Hopefully, I'll see you in a week's time. If not, we'll have to do this all over again uh, of some description. Uh, but thank you for coming out. If you enjoy the content, as always, please subscribe. Um, that'll do us for this week. Thanks, boys. Uh, not not sure how it's going to sound listening back, but um, we'll see how we go. I've, hopefully, it is just a seven-day out here. And uh, and dictator bar, um, yeah, he's not that bad. Yeah, he's all right. Could be worse. <laughs> Could yeah. be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> not naming names. <laughs> not naming names. Mark McGowan. <laughs> right, boys. We'll, all right. Uh, I'll uh, I'll see you when I'm looking at you in a week's time. No problem. Yep. Bye, Catch boys. Catches. Bye.